Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Lauren's podcast. Tonight is Wednesday. January 17th, 2018, we're a few minutes past 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I wanted to make some announcements before we uh, start with the show. Uh, Number one, all the callers have been muted at this time. Uh, Whenever I'm doing interview or personal commentaries, I always mute. And at the comment, um, you can go ahead if you're calling in, star eight on your phone. I'll see you on the board to unmute you chatters in the chat room it always remains open you're welcome to chat among yourselves just type your question in and that's when i go between call and chat uh number two um i think we've all heard of midge mathis she's the creator of uh, targeted justice and hopefully i'll keep my fingers crossed a few of her members may be our speakers this saturday um and that again i have shows on wednesday and saturday 9 p.m eastern standard time Please uh, tell others in the community and let us grow. Um, a lot of people wanted to know what my agenda is really about. And I would say it's uh, 85 to 90% activism and uh, the type of corruption and social injustices that surround targeted individuals, particularly human trafficking, asset stripping, corruption, governmental benefit stripping as well as I have a strong spiritual bent, and I do discuss the end times. Um, I struggle sometimes of appeasing others versus truth. And with the new year, everyone, I'm afraid truth is winning, okay? Because first and foremost, I must be truthful with myself, you know, in order to then relate others. Um, Last, everyone, and I'll try to type it in um, perhaps toward the end of the show, but please jot this down. Through the Looking Glass is a website created by QAnon. And this person is starting to be, you know, catch on like a a red hot chili pepper. But uh, it's a maze. The whole site is a maze of about 10 maps, which are pointing out to us in the community all the key culprits of this horrible program, how they're interconnected, how all of you, when we say they, 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 you're all very right who's involved. But after you really check out his map, you're going to find out that you're just going to ask that question, who's not involved, you know? And that's the thing that's going to really blow your mind. I'm afraid that's really going to blow your mind. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get this show on the road. Hi. Good evening. Welcome to Lauren's Podcast. Hey, it's tonight, Wednesday, January 17th, 
2018. Oh, we're after 9 p.m. You know, they of Gotham is intelligent, articulate, and with intuitive young woman. We'll share her story tonight. Oh, she's such a fascinating human being. I've got some real class for you. Tonight, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Faye of Gotham and Asian American Experience. Let's give a warm welcome. Faye of Gotham, good evening. Hi, Lauren. Hi, good evening, Faye. How are you? I'm good, good. I'm uh, happy to be here. We are so happy to have you, Faye. And uh, I want everyone to know that this technically we're going into Bay of Gotham, an Asian American experience, part two. I sort of say with the holidays and we take our time, which I like to do with speakers, take our time. If we can like sort of summarize your beginning to bring the first interview, I, I believe you said before, um, you're born here, you, you came from a solid middle to upper class home life, very nice, very nice schools, very nice colleges, and uh, pretty much a very happy childhood? Yes, the uh, main thing about it, it was very uh, secure. So we, weren't, mm-hmm. um, we didn't show off with money or anything like that, but it was a very secure home. Like uh, our family always had dinner together. Uh, my father always came home at a certain time. So I was very lucky for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, because at, um, because uh, for many decades now, there have been uh, families with divorce. Uh, it is so common now. And my best friend in school, her family was torn, you know, with divorce. Already so I just feel lucky. Oh, yes, of course. And you were a very good student, as I recall from our first interview. Very studious, is that correct? Good grades? Well, I was just because I was the firstborn. Um, that was a, um, a kind of a expected that I would try try hard. Plus, I was not good at athletics. I was uh, good at music, and I actually was all state with the uh, chorus, all state choir. And uh, I loved singing, but unfortunately, I really should have continued that because you need something. Uh, um, when I went to college, that's when they started up. Um, I started getting targeted in a way, uh, low level. And at that time, I did not go into music. I tried out for the chorus, but for some reason, I was not uh, taken. And I never thought to pursue it just on my own. So I kind of regret um, now I, one suggestion I'd have for newer uh, people who are harassed is to have those kind of um, hobbies or interests that really make you happy and mm-hmm. that, will, uh, that will keep you uh, keep you more well adjusted because if you if you don't have anything like that then you can quickly go downhill and be isolated the isolation will be very uh, detrimental for you Oh my gosh. Do you ever feel sometimes 
as you're living now, especially being targeted and, and what this program is doing to you, do you ever feel like you have a calling that there is, in fact, a musician inside you? Um, I didn't hear that last part, that there was a calling for what? A, music, a calling to create music? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, because I um, studied uh, piano, I was really lucky to start at six, six to 18. So that was all through my, uh, from six to the end of high school. And even in my senior year, uh, I would accompany people. I was in the chorus and swing choir and all that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really uh, loved it. And even now I am trying to do some songwriting. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Uh, just recently, because when I got divorced, then some of my good old friends from the Midwest are actually musicians. So that has really been a help for me. Uh, that's so nice. Now, yeah. I want to make sure when we, we get back into this, that you finished college, very good grades, um, young woman, moving to that exciting Exciting city, Gotham. I am I am green with envy. Married a, a really not what is it? Very nice man, right? Happily married, young. Both of you young, energetic. Uh, well, I um, I did uh, I started uh, uh after college. I started uh jobs in the Midwest, so I didn't uh, come to New York right away. Um, mm-hmm. After my mother had passed away, so I stayed home with my father, and then I moved to Chicago for a year. Then I ended up in New York, um, uh, so uh, where I had met my husband. Um, so uh, um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Well, I guess the question is: um, Was it a trip that you know you had? Um, you fell in love. You had a really nice, you know, wedding ceremony. Well, at that time, actually, you know, what they did was, uh, what they do is when you, uh, they really cut, um, a thing started in college. So after college, um, my mother was the strength of my family, and she was the quite, you know, outgoing mother. And uh, so she started getting targeted. And they actually did many things to her. I found out uh, later, well, I looked back on it. And she got targeted the the ways you hear of famous people getting targeted. Everyone goes against that person. So she had um, all her friends uh, who are of a certain ethnicity. I mean, uh, what they do is they they often go by ethnicity. So they had everyone target my mother and um, shun her. you know, based on lies and things. They can just get everyone to turn away from someone, and that person becomes a scapegoat. So several things happened to my mother because she was like, she would be 40s, early 50s, so this is the time they really target people, while I was then, you know, starting my career. So I wasn't as aware, but the rest of the family, I found out this later, um, how bad it was. And then she was having a lot of mood swings, like getting very angry. So, and then um, when uh, I was, you know, starting my career, she, I, uh, we heard that she got ill. Now, what happened was 
Thanksgiving, um, they usually do something during the holidays. And we all went home for Thanksgiving. Then we left. It was a very nice Thanksgiving. Then that Monday, which is Thursday is Thanksgiving, then, you know, we usually leave by Sunday. Monday I got a call, and I was in Boston at the time for a very short time, uh, finding that my mother couldn't breathe. Well, what they did was they put um, uh, liquid in, water in her lungs. And so she went there, and it was a big scare. And then uh, uh, she was in the hospital. Uh, we find out that she has cancer. Um, it ends up a very fast, very fast cancer pancreatic, which is another one that uh, targeted uh, uh, people. They they are they have family members who have this, or maybe they will get it. Uh, too. And we didn't know this until later, until the autopsy. Uh, we thought it was the lung because it had already spread. So oh it was very tragic to have your mother, as uh, you, Lauren, you, I think you lost your mother very extremely young. Um, yes, I was 15. I lost my mother at 15. And right. when I think about it, I think she was too uh, murdered to by this program, I believe, strongly. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. She was. I believe she was. I believe she was killed by this program. Yes. Oh, uh, may I ask? Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but uh, how did she pass away? Was it a disease or was it an accident? Uh, the autopsy said edema or something like that, which basically means swelling of the heart that obstructed her breathing. So her heart swelled oh. huge. Oh my gosh! Um, and it was sort of sudden. Um, yes, it was. Yes, it was. The last, oh. Especially the last six or seven months before she died. It, she, I could feel or see her fear, and I recall her. It's an amazing thing. The main things that I actually repeat that my mother said to me, or you guys hear on my podcast, I want to share this real quickly. These are the same statements she actually told me the last six to eight months of her life. You know, I know when I say things, you think my mom has talked to me this way all my life. No, 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 no. Fifteen, and it was definitely, it was a little after the winter time. It was still cool here. So it had to be springtime, and she passed in September. So, you know, eight months from there. It was after holidays now, after the new year. But that last year, she even began calling me more and more. And these things she would discuss with me when everyone in the house was asleep. That's when I thought about it, too. That's Her a, voice. So I do believe that they, I believe we are generational, I believe. Oh, yes, it definitely sounds like it. And uh, plus, you and your siblings are extremely high uh, high IQ. Uh, so, yes, I do think that it's definitely generational with you. Um was your mother ill for six or seven months where she knew she was ill? She, can you say, like you described your mother, a fast cancer? It was rapid. It was almost like the beginning of 1976. My mom took ill. She drastically lost weight, and she was pretty you know, healthy. She was plump. I wouldn't say obese, but plump. Uh, my, she had married my stepfather three years prior, so that's 73. They appeared appeared to be happy, but as I look back on it and what I know now, it was all a facade. 
he was always distant, not only from her, he was distant physically from the house. He was never to be found. He was never to be found. You she would go to work. She was, progressively, she got sicker and sicker, lost drastic weight to the point that she kept talking, but there wasn't enough money that she lost so much weight that she needed to get her dentures at the time refitted. Because, you know, when they fall out, that means weight loss. They're not oh, holding it. Your face has it's gotten thinner. Yes. Well, do you think, uh, and I'm sorry to ask you so many uh, questions, but this is so interesting that your mother passed away six months illness, and same with mine. It was exactly My mother died months. September 27th, 1976. And was her birthday anywhere near? Because my mother died two days before her birthday, which is another no. My mom was a Taurus. She was born um, May 6th. Taurus. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. A Taurus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And did she die anywhere near that time? or? No, she passed in September. She did die in September 1976. Okay. And I, after what I saw, even at 15, it, let's put it this way, I grew up a lot. After the death of my mom, I grew up a lot. I wonder sometimes if the talk she had those last six to eight months was she prepping me for maturity in some kind of way? It sure sounds like it, um, especially when, if you don't mind me saying, you had just told me recently that she was specifically, you had two other sisters, but she was specifically. Uh, calling you out to tell you these things. Yes, at the time, there's four of us. Right, Ethel's mm-hmm. girls, there's four of us, and oh, I was four. the second born. Yeah, and, you know, my mom had four girls, and I was the second born. Cause, uh, even at 15, I would ask her, do you, you know, does, does she want my older sister? And she would just go, no, no, no. Mary's like, she's it. My sister's like, older sister's like me. She's stubborn. She won't hear it until it's too late. You listen. That's all she kept saying. You'll, you'll, you're quiet. You'll listen. And I guess I was. At 15, I was inward. I wasn't, you know, any kind of extrovert or anything, guys. I was pretty quiet as a teenager. Yes. Well, that's, that's interesting. I have to tell you, being a firstborn, I've, I've always felt that um, I definitely didn't have the fond family memories that my siblings did. Like, they could look back and say, oh, do you remember this or that? And I wouldn't because I was always under stress, while they seem to have more fond memories. So I always wish that I was born later in the family. I wonder why that is. I think sometimes <clears throat> this program can blank our memory, but uh, or it, and, and with time maybe, say it can, you know, I don't know, one morning you just may wake up and remember things, you know what I mean? You can even fact check it with your siblings, and they would say, "Yeah, that did happen. I remember so and so." I don't know how uh, the stress, like you said, we do share that strong mother figures. Both of us loved. Uh, um, I know I loved mine. I believe you did. You loved your mother when you were very close. You loved her very much. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, uh, we all did. She was definitely the center of the family. But uh, the big difference is, I think she was very controlled. Unlike your mother, who told you many of. Uh, gave you a lot of advice. I believe both my parents were controlled. They didn't even talk about 
um, any childhood memories from back home or uh, we did not know our grandparents except I met her side when a couple times when she died but my father's side no like um, there are a lot of feuds <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> all right so um, oh, they didn't particularly like my mother because she was from a poorer family than theirs so a lot of times there's uh, you know these kind of in-law things. So let me make sure I understand this as we're going. Did you lose your mother prior to moving to Gotham, or had, oh, were you yes. all living prior to moving to Gotham? Yes. Uh, moving to New York was never part of my, um, uh, it was never a high interest of mine. Uh, uh, it was more California, like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It sounded more interesting to me, but uh, and Boston. But my mother got sick when I had moved to Boston, and then um, uh, then I moved back home to the Midwest, uh, and then after after about a year with my father, then I moved to Chicago. After Chicago, then I moved to New York because my best friend had uh, moved to New Jersey, very close. For a job. Um, yeah. So uh, I was very estranged. I think with the death of my mother, uh, somehow our family sort of fell apart a bit. And uh, there was something set up that I would not be close to one of my sisters. Uh, um, the targeting can definitely, uh, there can be feuds or family members who don't get along and it it has nothing to do with what would happen in real life. They they can make people really hate each other. Uh, oh, I think yeah. uh, yes, I uh, discussed this the last interview, but I will just say that I had unnaturally hateful feelings towards when I was twelve towards a little nine year old, my youngest sister, which is when I look back that's totally unnatural and we had this all our life I had this kind of hatred towards her but now of course it's different but uh, it it was just very recently that I realized and the only way I realized was uh, the targeters took it they took it off off me uh, because I would even up until um, eight seven or eight years ago I would still be calling my other siblings and my father insisting that this sister uh, is is the cause of this or that you know um, you know blaming her for things and getting all riled up about and they would want to get off the phone you know I'd be saying she's evil you know I don't know if you you have heard of people who have these kind of feuds and now she's a little she's authoritarian so um, Well, I was just quietly, uh, as always, I'm listening. And when you definitely mentioned that this program can put it in people to, you know, be rivals, you know, hate each other, it's it's like my mind. And as I'm listening to you, snapped back in to the, it's now the first week of October, 76th, the funeral in Alabama. Um, Extended family, aunts and uncles. See, my mom was the first sibling to die at age 52. Uh And I didn't really know my aunts 
that that well. Our youngest aunt lived here in this town, but she was literally the baby in all ways, pro and con, if you know what I mean. She was less than 30, but very immature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older aunt even squabbled over the at the funeral down south in Alabama. It was an ugly thing. We were children, of course, but I was, now that I look back on it, I was very, I didn't, we were inward, sad, but at, now I, I it seems like I couldn't label how I was feeling. I believe I was very disappointed in my mother's siblings, how they behaved. And it feels good at age 56 to say it. They behaved badly, very, very badly. Oh, during the funeral or even afterwards? Yeah, during the funeral, after the funeral. It was almost like what's going to, basically, they request our fate, who's going to take care of her four daughters, who's going to look after them. And you'd think it would have been an impact. No, it's almost like they absorb this information with wrath. And then when our our stepfather said the girls can stay here, it's just almost like they got giddy and happy. And on that day, when I saw that, yes, I can own it. Because I always wondered why I was so standoffish, even when our aunt took us about a year later to Los Angeles. That's the reason we moved to Los Angeles. Um, I was always standoffish, not only with her, with my mother's siblings, period. I never warmed up to them because I could never erase their behavior during my mother's uh, of funeral. What you saw, yeah, in of what I saw and what I witnessed. Yeah, you'd be surprised the things we see and how we process things, you know? Yeah, so, and uh, yeah, you never know if that was uh, put on there because uh, when a parent dies, and you're saying that this is generational, they are there. Uh, it is there, and they maybe they plan, but they definitely set the stage for how the family will will or will not get along. That so, is true. That is yeah. true. And uh, what I've always, I don't know if this plays, I think this program is affecting many, many, many people. And the saddest part is those that are not as awake as we are, that we kind of know of it. I believe this plays a lot of people that have no idea. I've had friends throughout my lifetime. When death occurs, it seems to be the running gamut. People really act badly. And I know several friends or boyfriends in my past, I would just say that. Well, it's a time of death, of sorrow. It can bring out the good, the bad. It's, it's like all stressors in life. It's a time, are you going to stoop or are you going to stand? And um, most people will stoop. And, I, and I'm sorry to say that. It brings out the best or the worst. Yes. Unfortunately, it seems like a... a Later in life, I found out, but maybe uh, it starts much earlier for other people that they see that they uh, they feel they become abandoned or they can't uh, rely on people. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of that, I believe, is part of the program. Yeah, especially when it's uh, uh, people born in the 50s, early 60s. Because I've talked with uh, one of my friends, a more recent friend, and uh, so many things happened in his family. I believe it was more the Nazi, uh, you know, paperclip came in the 40s. 
Mm-hmm. So this would be in New York, and I believe they, New York was part of the lab of the families, and it really sounds like his family was set up. It was definitely a laboratory for the Nazis. I say the Nazis because there were so many. And when we talk about them, we don't. All we do is mention the hundreds and hundreds came in Operation Paperclip. Well, they came, and you know the uh, Germans are very organized. So they probably went from native, they probably made a matrix or a grid of the uh, they I don't know what deals they had. They had, must have had some kind of deal with this country that they wanted so badly that they scrubbed their past, and they are subversive, Nazi war criminals. And I think they made um, this program very successful. They saw the mistakes in World War II. They wanted to make sure it's very covert that the mind control will take over to the point you don't even know you're mind controlled. Yeah, right. And because people don't understand, you can't feel it. You can't. Uh, just like how, um, uh, going back to my sister and how I had this feud for like uh, many years, like at least 30 years oh my or God. more. Yeah, a really long feud. And even when she, she was the high school speaker, um, she gave the senior speech. She even mentioned it in the speech, how we don't get along. And I was crying in it because, you know, for some reason, her and I didn't get along and I had this hatred of her. And it must have affected her, me being the oldest one. Why do I, you know, she just has to accept it. But plus, as I said before, she did have a strong personality. So um, uh, she was a bit authoritarian. So, uh but anyway, it was something um, that never would have been there. And the reason it was set up was because they were going to target both of us. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, but different ways. And I remember when we lived in Canada because, um, you know, my father came, uh, my parents came from another country. So when I was one, born in Chicago, we went to Canada, a border city which is where a lot of MKUltra happened. happened. Um, I remember when she was three, a very um, painful accident happened to her. And, uh, you know, they can make me forget this, but they run it in my mind, so I remember it uh, very much. And they used a sonic thing. What they did was they had a window suddenly slam onto her hand. Um, you know, and so they had to rush her to the hospital. Oh, gosh. Right. Um, uh, so anyway, how I know, see, I would never know that uh, about this thing. I really thought it was a natural, the hatred, and because I've heard many people have feuds, uh, uh, it was lifted from me. Uh, when I first was targeted, um, uh, and you, you feel there's a presence, like people harassing you, I was very scared. Um, they only did a few voices things, but that's in in the beginning. I don't have like B2K like how other people do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I lost so much sleep and was under stress that I was uh, kind of hearing, having some hearing uh, things. So it was very scary. And I just remember that um, uh, of my... Uh, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, uh, let me. That's fine. Let's go. Let me, 
um, when you said when it first started. Now, on our first interview, um, say, again, um, we lost the mother. Devastated. We returned to the Midwest area, regrouped, time with your uh, family, and you made a decision first to move to Chicago, and then after that, uh, you decided on Gotham. Uh, you worked. Uh, I'm sure you were pretty impressed by the city, the Big Apple. Um, you met a wonderful man who got married. Do you feel you're, okay, like I know you said you felt you were targeted generational all your life, but um, when you planned for the, the wedding, was it a big whirlwind romance? Were you happy? Um, well, first of all, I'll say that uh, you definitely have a more idyllic, idealized uh, <laughs> memory of my marriage than I do. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so wonderful the way you're describing it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, guys. All right, guys. All right. Yes, I can have a. Uh, I can have an imagination. Okay. Okay. Or maybe I describe it because I know. I sound a lot more cheerful than I. I don't know. I'm just going to. Well, you know what? That, that's not for me to presume. Oh, okay, then. Well, break it down to us. Hey, tell us how it was. You were young. You're attractive. Was he attractive? Was it a love yeah. affair? A whirlwind? Did you, you know? Yeah. Well, he was uh, extremely smart. And the thing about him was, uh, and actually, we did get along. And during the first part of the. Uh, a marriage, actually, um, during a lot of it, when I would tell him something or kind of correct him on something, he was very um, amenable, like he would be flexible, and he immediately caught on. Like, he was very good at um, changing what he said. Well, you know how the targeters are always watching you. Of course, that stopped. Um, so at first, uh, in the first part of the marriage, I, I was impressed by him. I thought he uh, really... Uh, he takes into account what I tell him, and he is flexible and changes. I thought, wow, what a wonderful husband. But they mm-hmm. change that because they want, you know, they they plan on it not working out. So mm-hmm. then he became, of course, not as, uh, you know, um, not getting along as well and uh, all these, you know, it was just going downhill. They change everything. Uh, plus, they bring in other people. Um, and anyway, he was very intelligent. And uh, many things happened to him, too. I believe he was targeted himself because he told me years before he came to New York, um, he remembers being in Brooklyn. He came from another place, also, mm-hmm. um, but not Asia. He remembers being in Brooklyn. And uh, lying in the uh, apartment trying to sleep, and an electric uh, electric current would travel from his feet up his legs slowly. Um, and he didn't tell me this till pretty recently. So uh, something definitely was happening. That's definitely not normal. Uh, plus, other things happened. Um, bad things happened. Uh, where he ended up uh, being hit really hard in high school, ended up in the hospital and blanking out for like six, seven hours. So I believe he was 
shift or something happened there to him. So uh, when we, uh, we may have gotten along and <laughs> everything, <laughs> but we were targeted in different ways. So he spent, he was, um, he was uh, controlled. Uh, it was part of his personality. His sister said ever since he was a kid, he always was outside wandering around and they'd have to call him back home. Um, so he was a wanderer, but he would—he um, definitely was—he was going to school. He went to school, supported himself, and um, went um, got his degree on his own, and was very smart. But he was gone a lot, and I, uh, sometimes he said he would come back, and there would be strange, like Russian-type people. Uh, in a car that scared him like they'd be in the driveway. And so he'd leave. He would never come in. So there were strange incidents that made he, him stay away. He would never come in when he was a kid or when he was married to you? Maybe that's the part I don't understand. Oh, when he was a kid, he part of his personality was to always be wandering around. So he was not a homebody. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, we spent less time together as for a married couple because they used that part of his uh, character kind of against him. And uh, as they will use, uh, you know, most um, targets are really nice people and they uh-huh. will use, what they will do is use your goodwill against you. So mm, in my case, I was, you're right, I'm a trusting person. Like my parents got along really well. So um, I wasn't around divorce families that much uh just my best friend and she uh, she was pretty rotten to her real mother but i um so my model was my parents who got along really well so i just assumed i would get along so i trusted him he didn't really give me a reason uh although when i look back there was a reason uh, um and if you said that during your marriage you didn't spend that much time at home when you were married, did you and your husband try to fill up sort of that void by being sort of social butterflies? Because you're in Gotham, was it a lot of like art opening, um, you know, booze parties or something like that? You know, sometimes couples feel like they, well, if we don't spend quality time, we can spend this type of time together at the discotheques dancing. Was you? Um, no, I would say that um, I definitely did a lot of that when I was single when I first came to New York. I went to a lot of things. I'd come home late. And mm-hmm. I definitely, like I went to, um, I met, I, have you heard of Quincy Troop? Uh, no. He's the one who wrote the biography of, um, of Miles Davis. So I met interesting people. I'd go to interesting readings at bookstores and um, uh, things like that. And of some, then I had this wonderful friend who was, she was involved in human rights which was how I met her, little did I know, but then she'd invite me to things. I didn't find out till she passed away that she was actually uh, huge. Her name is, uh, uh, apparently there was uh, an HBO special or documentary about her. She was definitely uh, one of the uh, very famous in New York, <laughs> which I didn't know. And um, I was, you know, when you're targeted, you kind of, Stay away from people. So I thought I should stay away from people because then it will just get them. Uh, they will get in trouble. 
So I stayed away from her. And unfortunately, what I found out was uh, one day I tried to look her up. Her name was Zelda. Mm -hmm. When I looked her up, I was shocked because there was this documentary about her. uh, She was... um, um, and then the way she died, this this is an argument to stay in touch with your with your friends. Because what I did was I avoided contacting some of my friends, especially if they're in New York, too. Um, you know, what they do is they run things through your brain. Oh, maybe you shouldn't see them. Uh, like, if you think about your friend Zelda, then they'll keep running. Oh, just leave her, you know, it'll be a thought. Uh, leave her alone, you know, she's better, uh, safer if you don't contact her, you know, because these dangerous people will go around her. You know what ended up happening? She was on Entertainment Tonight because she used to, little did I know, and she would have, if I stayed in contact, she would have invited me to, she would go to a lot of fashion shows. And she even met um, that famous rapper from California, the tall guy, Snoop Dogg. There was a picture of her with him. So she met all these people. Apparently she was quite famous and they were friends with her. (laughs) So I missed out on that. Um, She was at a fashion show and they put it on Entertainment Tonight. This is where I think there are reporters and media who are part of this, the entertainment industry. And they are perps. What they did was she was on the front row at a fashion show. Then they must have hit her with a heart attack gun, and they just killed her right there in front, um, and they made it a big story. Uh, They made it a story that, oh, this uh, socialite, famous socialite Zelda, she um, died, and for like maybe uh, several minutes or for a period of time, the fashion show went on because no one, they didn't know that she had died. So they were kind of making it into a kind of amusing thing. Mm. But Zelda had died right there, um, like a 90-something-year-old woman. Uh, that's what I mean. Um, so I um, I regret I didn't stay in contact with her because I did call her like five years before then. But then for five years, I thought, oh, maybe she's better off without. And then, then to find out that she died that way, it's terrible. You know, they make it a joke. Yes, they make a mock-up with death and stuff. It's a very wicked program. Yeah. When you were married, like you said, it was, you know, like all marriages, there's ups and downs. I will be less dramatic and and keep my assumptions to myself. But Uh when did it start with your targeting with the, you know, the gang stalking or you felt you were being maybe even workplace mobbed and everything. Uh, were you the primary target of this, or did they also capture your husband as well? They were doing different things to him. Um, one main thing they would do to him, like when I first met him, was they'd kind of, um, it's an emotional thing, like, because uh, when I first met him, he one of the first times we were around each other, he um, admitted Sometimes I feel confused, like I sound like I uh, know what to do. Uh, You know, he sounds like he has it together, but sometimes Mm -hmm. he said he feels kind of lost. Um, And then I noticed I had met other people from um, where he was from, and they said the same thing. They were from all from sort of rich 
or well-to-do type families, like three or four of them. And they said the same thing. Oh, you know, like one time I rode in the car, I feel so lost. <laughs> it was kind of strange. Um, but they will put these kind of things on people from um, from sort of well-to-do families who are who are not who the perps think won't go to their side. So they will start messing you up, like uh, confusing you. They do this to me too. Now I see. Right after my mother died, I became the target, and I moved to Chicago. And I was. They were doing things to my thyroid, and I'd walk around confused and uh, feeling like I was going to faint. Oh my God. Yes, and I had no idea, you know, um, really what was happening. Yeah, but I remember I'd be sweating. Sometimes I'd look terrible. I'd think, Oh my God, I hope my high school friend. Uh, this guy who was going to graduate school there, I hope he doesn't run into me because I feel like really rotten and look rotten. So they were doing things to me. Uh, you know, I was feeling confused. Um, but that was right before I moved to New York. They made that uh, very, like you said, it's very interesting here. Mm-hmm. And they put it in my mind that I would like humanitarian things. Uh, when I was in college, which is where they started harassing me, I okay. was never never went to a political demonstration. I was no activist at all. And uh, uh, I was just a person who they probably picked because I was kind of shy or quiet. They probably thought I wouldn't stick up for myself, or, you know. How they pick people who are easy, um, easy to target. I guess that's why they picked me. I personally sometimes figure that's why the majority of targets are women. They think that's an easy target by by right. being Even a woman, Miriam, who was on uh, Ella's call recently, mm-hmm. she sounds like a tough person, uh, and she was on the bioethics committee, and she gave a really tough uh, speech. She mm-hmm. even made a comment before that she was never an activist, nothing like that before, until this started happening uh, to her. So same with me. I mean, I'm uh, talking now. I was quiet, like uh, on the calls. I didn't talk for seven or eight years because they were running things through my mind. Oh, if I do that, you know, it'll harm harm people I know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then when you see that nothing is getting done, um, mm-hmm. you really have to do it yourself. And it's a great breakthrough with technocrime fighters and what you are doing. Uh, it's very rare to find people who will try to uh, solve trafficking because I uh, I was uh, doing things with trafficking uh, in an organization. Before and I noticed uh, worldwide, it is very hard to find people who will. Well, that's you are actually very brought up that. Well, thank you, Faye. And since you brought up that term trafficking, this is an even better question. When you began working with various advocates or organizations addressing trafficking, at that moment, Faye, were you even remotely aware you were a human trafficking victim? Or you still didn't really understand? 
what was going on. No, I definitely didn't know because this was the early part. Uh, what mm-hmm. they did was, what they did was, they kind of programmed me, and they really can. I heard years ago that uh, they can sort of program people to really want to go into the military, and it becomes their mission throughout their life. And um, I feel that they sort of did that with me with the humanitarian things because I actually was interested in social work. But for some reason, I, I've seen so many college um, um, uh, catalogs, but never had ever seen any catalog discussing social work. And I knew that was sort of the area I'd like. Um, but, uh, no, they had like other, so they, they take what you sort of like, but they put it in, into what they can use. And what I ended up doing things, I met a lot of organizations, that, mm-hmm. well, more on the advocate level, which is different from activists. But um, uh, when the UN had conferences, a lot of people come through. See, this is where they will use the person. And I met or I was in the vicinity of a lot of activists or advocates coming in, like visiting the UN or going to conferences. So that's how they, I feel I was used. Uh, plus, it interested me. It was very exciting. Do you feel that this program, as I'm listening to you say, took you as Faye the person as sort of um, mentally and physically an ingenue and you were like a, a I don't know, just a, a slab of clay and this program wanted to completely mold you into what they wanted? Do you feel that way? Uh, yes. Well, uh, in a way, yeah. Um, like, for example, uh, they... Uh, they wanted to use my experience around uh, UN and NGOs and conferences, that kind of thing. They wanted to use that. So they altered my personality. I'm already friendly, and I was friendly in high school, college, but I'm a kind of quiet person. But they altered me to be friendly. But what they did was, you know, they have sort of a that they can affect everyone around you, like with a in a certain circumference. So everyone around me really seemed to like me but it was it was not them it was the I don't know if it's a satellite or it's some technology where they can affect everyone around they can either make everyone hate you or they mm-hmm. can make one person hate you like a, a cashier they can make make like you once and then the second time you visit they hate you right um, well that that's how they did it with me I met a lot of people and befriended a lot of people for their benefit, because that's how they meet people. You become you their spy. Um, so everyone was saying hi to me, or I was going up to people very friendly, because they made me <laughs> even more friendly. Or they make you interested, and so I would go and get people's speeches uh, from different groups, um, from different uh, groups that they wanted. Unfortunately, I think then when these uh, groups went back to their territories, they may have been targeted because then they get to go back. Uh, somehow they, or they uh, they learn about those territories and then they send people. Or, or somehow they're able to target them. So it's an evil thing where they, that's why I tried to stay, tried 
not to do as much, but at that time I didn't know. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's just like with um if you're a moderator like Derek, mm-hmm. um, first of all there was I believe they took out uh, when it first started an Israeli woman, she was the founder, but they this is a um eugenic I mm-hmm. believe they're um uh, uh what is it, clan or uh, um Nazi. This is definitely Nazi thing. They took out. They don't. They don't want anyone uh, who, who they don't want to appear as a leader. So they took out the real leader, who was a Jewish Israeli woman. They made her life hell, and then she went back to Israel. I don't know if they something happened to her there or what, but she was not really heard of again. Then Derek was put on, and uh, nothing against Derek, but I think. Somehow they're able to control him, or they knew him. Somehow they approved of him all these years. So in um, essence, it's a it's a type of method that we everyone um, we use that term, and I want us to all understand that term, social engineering. Um, yeah. Really understand it. It can steer one's thoughts, plans, goals, and. Um, Social engineering, you guys, may be our political background. Much talk, yet our, you know, government is in shambles, guys. It, I believe it's it's just as bad as it was in the, uh, you know, the 70s. And we all know, you know, how horrible that was, but it might be just as bad, and maybe even globally. But even with our group, you're right, they will get the real leader out that can possibly make things happen and get someone more, that's a good word, pliable, controllable. It pains me to say they don't want um, unpredictable free will, you know. (laughs) Uh, Right. Uh, They choose who the leaders are, just like with Snowden. Um, Ah, yeah. Because Snowden is, um, he's a regular American. If you notice, all the people who are the heroes all have very American names. Yes, and the boy... um, like Snowden, he's mm-hmm. everyone's uh, hero. Like, um, and he deserves to be. But I, I feel like uh, there were other people who could have been that too. I believe. Um, and there's a boy uh, close to his age, Aaron Schwartz, who, who I believe they, um, they, they uh, made him commit suicide. I believe they targeted him, and he, he was very admirable, even um. Dr. Catherine Horton has talked about him. So they they don't want certain people to become the heroes. They are uh, plus they have been attacking a lot of the uh, African American uh, yes, entertainment entertainment heroes because the entertainment the uh, athletes and the entertainment heroes are really worshipped in America and around the world. So look what they did to uh, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, even Bill Cosby, you see what is happening with um, the uh, um, that director, the one who things are happening now, who he has attacked a lot of actresses. Um, uh, Weinstein. Oh, Harvey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Now he may have been targeted himself to do that, and plus, if you notice, he's Jewish. 
Yes, so yes. Are, um, I just think it, it seems a little set up, too. I believe he was probably targeted. And he doesn't know. Uh, and they made him into that kind of person, too, because they can enter. They can enter you. Uh, they can, they can enter you, and you you won't know that you you may never have. I'm not saying that he isn't violent, but there are other people who may have date raped someone. They may never have done that, but it was put in them. Wow. And yeah. Wow, I didn't think about it. That's a lot to absorb right now. Um. Say, yeah, there are uh, a lot of feelings. Um, there are a lot of feelings and uh, uh, violence, anger, a lot of things that are put into us that are yeah. not necessarily of us. And uh, even in New York, there have been many. I used to watch the news. Then twice they have uh, destroyed my TV right in front of me because I could watch, starting about, Ever since Sandy Hook, or maybe a little before, I could see how they they were affecting almost everything. It, it is a sort of social engineering. Um, there were like a very quiet, nice Jewish boys, young ones, teens, who were killing their mothers. And I knew this was, you know, highly unusual. But just because it's reported in the news, people accepted that it's normal. Like they... Um, and even other targets, uh, you know, people on the calls, uh, mm-hmm. they don't seem, some realize that a lot don't. The way they talk is they don't really realize what's going on. And I'd say about five or seven years ago, I would listen to Coast to Coast. And I could start seeing how um, I could understand uh, more than more than even the host. Uh, the host is not a target, so he wouldn't understand that I, um, a lot of the people who come on the call uh, who are interviewed by him, they would actually be targeted, but they would be targeted in the opposite way that we would be. They're targeted in a good way. Like they would, one woman who comes on regularly to his show is an author, a celebrated author. She's written many books that have sold well. She comes on and is his friend. And she says that she has these think voices. She calls them my think voices. And that is, and, and she calls them that because she, she probably knows that it's not, she probably listens to them. It's not like her own conscience. Otherwise, she would just say, well, I think this. But she calls them specifically her think voices. That means, she is listening to a voice in her mind that sounds like her. Now, if it sounded like someone else, um, like, um, say, a relative or Charlie Rose, you know, someone else, then mm-hmm. she, then she won't, um, then she'll question it more. But because it's her, then she can use that. So, um, in many ways, they choose people who they like. And she was more a new age kind of person. So she, it was talking about angels or these kind of things that sell really well. So, like information that someone else may have is probably downloaded 
into her. Um, her, and she thinks these are her wonderful thoughts. Uh, I'm just using her as an example. And they write books about them. Or you can even be a songwriter and think it's your lyrics, but it's sent into you. Uh, this is how uh, this is how many things have been going on. Uh, does that make any sense? Uh, I just well, know about my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, I never really took time and had it presented this way. I, I guess my thing is, um, when do we all begin to realize? You know, well, who am I? I? I want my own thoughts. I don't want this manufactured. You know, synthetic uh, downloading others thoughts or their thoughts. I want my own autonomous thoughts. Well, it's my own, not... my, you know, my own feelings, my own reflections. I think our generation is lucky because we still may be able to think, but the people who grew up with um, with the internet or video games, like video games was the start of it because it really can entrain you. So that was before before the um, internet. Uh, they have been in training people since then. And um, I'll just say that uh, I just noticed this the last five, seven years because when Sandy Hook happened, uh, the, uh, as I've mentioned a few times, the, one of the families who have, are prominent and have been on TV, with mm-hmm. the son passed away. Uh, this is just a few blocks from me. And as George Nuri says on Coast to Coast, nothing, uh, there are no coincidences. It's not a coincidence that I'm living in the neighborhood where just a few, very few blocks uh, this boy was. And I believe their family was chosen. And I know people on this street also. And on this very street, they um, uh, just like a, Four years ago, a whole bunch of people were dying. Like they were um, one uh, couple, the man murdered his wife and the teen daughter found him. Then he ran, ran to this subway stop and he uh, he jumped over and killed himself right at that stop. And uh, then another man at the very same stop, he was pushed. And this all happened within um, one year all these various things. And that was before Sandy Hook, or before they named it um, after the boy. Many things happened there. And there was the murder of an Asian girl right around there. So many murders or deaths okay. happened right at that stop. And, it's not, and when I would walk there, there are certain blocks I'd walk. When I walk, and sometimes I have a... Uh, I roll, or I have a backpack, and Mm -hmm. whenever I would pass that intersection of the sidewalk, one of my bags would flip over. Like they would use a sonic and they would flip. Something would fall because there's a store there. I would get something, so something would always fall. So I knew that was part of their grid. Anyway, I'm sorry to go off on so many tangents. No, no. I'm, I'm trying to um, relate it to everyone. It is. So we're going to take a short break, and when we return, um, 
I know I want to know and hope you can explain it the best that you possibly can about the manipulation neurally with you, how they set your life in plan, how you're, the realization, first knowing you are a targeted individual, uh, did you go through workplace mobbing, and the final realization that, of all things, I am being utilized in human trafficking and this sort of um, racism that evolves by your being Asian American. Because I think many of us know that this program has a lot of isms, racism, socialism, sexism. It's, it's a mean, ornery program. And all of that hate, you know, manifests. So let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll catch it on the other side of the break, everyone. We continue. Okay. Welcome to Lauren's podcast. You know, because of isolated and targeted individuals. When I was a kid, we didn't have much money. We didn't. But I was a member of Girl Scouts. girl in our class, we had snacks over at her house. And her parents showed off their new Kodak carousel. I was mesmerized, sitting there, watching the photographs, and they were just of the images. It makes me, I don't know why I think of that all the time. It makes me feel like this program who we are in essence. Are we just snapshots, slide shots? A click, we see the image of human trafficking. Another click, asset stripping. Another click, human experimentation. And it goes on. Program, defilement, of harsh slavery and bondage. Are we living now similar to ancient Rome? Wrath. Join me now on the other side of the break as we continue this journey with faith of Gotham, an Asian American experience. Let's pick it up now, Faith. You listened, you know, you mentioned several times. You've listened to the calls, and you would not speak. You would simply listen. Five to seven years in the PI community. Hello? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I unmuted. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when did you first, I don't know, when did you have, did you ever have the onset of, as most of us have, when we realized we were targeted, mobbed people, stalking? Did you have workplace mobbing? Everyone rude to you? Bad service? Bad treatment? Oh, no. That came later. Um, I would say it started because they really had people come into the building um, who were very loud. 
and made a whole scene. Um, um, yeah, they definitely targeted me. And uh, unfortunately, all these years, I've been struggling with it myself. It's very hard. I feel so bad for other targets who are isolated because I would try to tell my family, but especially my husband, and all they would say was, just stay inside. Don't like, interact with, you know, as long as I was inside, they, he thought the problem was okay, like I'm safe. Even when I would say there are break-ins, and uh, it's like um, they just—it's like uh, they were mind-controlled not to understand. So it's like you're talking to the air, like all these years. And uh, then I did find the calls after one year, so that was good. But even on the calls, I didn't speak for a long time because I noticed. There weren't any other Asians. Plus, it took many years to figure it out because I wasn't targeted the same way at all. I mean, uh, a lot of people are getting traumatized, uh, hit very hard. Um, So I did meet a wonderful uh, girl here, and I went to one meeting, but she then moved. And uh, I was fearful because she was very highly targeted. and I did not understand it at all because I was not, I am not targeted the same way. I am trafficked, and I think that has happened since I was in college. It's very, very. Wait, let me slow this down a bit. You believe you were human trafficked since college, since you were a co ed? Oh, yes. Um, I think that uh, where I went to school was all set up. Um, uh, it was in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Every you wouldn't believe everything is controlled um, because um, they do it almost with military precision. They chose who my roommate was, and she was this brilliant girl, nice, um, and she happened to be the smartest person in the whole school. So uh, she was my roommate, and we got along for three years and studied really hard. She with much harder subjects than mine. Um, and then uh, she went on to school and uh, I didn't tell her about this because it took many years for me to figure out. But I would say, I think I was pretty much a sitting duck because I came, at, like I said, I was treated differently from my siblings. I was the eldest Plus, kind of, they made me into a shyer person than I was. So I spent more time away and studying from my family. They had, they were more normal, and I was studying a lot uh, because they were jumbling my brain, making it harder to understand even in high school. So I'd have to study even more. But I had music, and I enjoyed that, and I was, <clears throat> um, did a few other activities. I just think, wait, I want to ask that real question. Do you think this program jumbled your brain say to hopefully discourage you from higher education? Um, no. As a matter of fact, um I'll tell you that where where I lived, there was a boy who his father was a dentist. 
um, uh, and there was another, um, there was a, uh, there was a tall boy, his last name was Salazar, which is some kind of um, uh, Hispanic name, right? But I remember he was tall, and he did not look his, Hispanic uh, from what I can remember, maybe very little. So he might might have been half. Maybe they were not a Nazi uh, family. Mm-hmm. But they might have been, uh, by Nazi, I mean because a lot of Nazis went to South America. So I don't know where, but for some reason, I really remember this strongly, that he lived, uh, this boy, uh, the dentist son, had a brain problem, because I found out maybe my mother told me. His IQ was like quite a lot lower than it should have been. So uh, my mother had, you know, it's just uh, mother's talk. So she told me because he was my classmate. Then I remember Salazar lived there. I believe, uh, and then I had a problem with my brain. When I was 14, I remember sitting in my room and thinking, um, thinking, if there if there were just a few people who, like you know, the show Survivor, if there were just a few people picked in the world world to repopulate the world i i would be a very bad choice because i could would never be able to figure out how to make a canoe a canoe or you know fire these things it's like my common sense was not that um and my mother would comment to my siblings what's wrong with her is she really smart because i would try very hard with uh math and uh science and things I wasn't as good with with the uh, literature because they took away my comprehension almost totally. So I couldn't read fast, and you know, I uh, they did that on purpose so I would not go to a really good school. I went to an okay school, but the way I tried hard, <clears throat> if I had my real brains, I could have gone. You know, I could have done more. Like I'm the type who like a lot of people in our group, might have gotten three, um, several graduate degrees, you know, or tried hard in our career. Yeah. But I was, I was always from high school, um, something, I believe that family might have uh, done something to that boy's brain because he lived exactly one street over from me. And a lot of the program things, it seems like the perks live uh, you know, like right uh, across the street from you. So they would have lived one street over across uh, parallel, one street over, but very close to us. I just have a feeling that him, uh, that boy and myself, they did something to our brain because I had uh, quite a bit of trouble. And they used to call me, you know, airhead, Things, you know, they knew I was smart, like in call in high school. Mm-hmm. My friends, my friends would call me Airhead. You know, you have these nicknames you put on your shirt, in your shirt. And uh, yeah, I always remember that. So I have some kind of problem. Other targets, they talk like how when they go, uh, they also can just be uh, aiming something at you. 
they can aim something and temporarily they can take away your uh, your thoughts will get very jumbled. Your brain will be scrambled, and they talk they talk about that. But I think mine was a bit more. And when I was um, at home, they they could make it really hard. Uh, when I started getting isolated at home um, in Queens, I even stopped. I loved reading the Sunday, the New York Times paper because I loved seeing all the ads for like jewelry, makeup. But uh, it was getting harder and harder just to read one article. They made the comprehension so hard. Now, I could listen to radio shows and things, but um, even, you know what, even getting through a grocery, uh, you know, the flyer for groceries, for for a grocery store, like just with the, or like like Rite Aid, something like that, Mm -hmm. I I would get, like, you know how they'd throw a bundle of those at the house. I'd pick up that, and it would take me the whole weekend to get through like 10 flyers just to look through them so something was definitely they were scrambling me really badly so I stopped I this is another way they isolated me I stopped um, reading things that I loved uh, never books I stopped looking at magazines I mean it was really sad and then they would entrain me to the TV, and I felt like I was getting addicted because they can addict you to the TV. So there were a few years where I, they, they definitely, um, and this has been, they talked about this in other previous podcasts, they can take your brain down to a level, a low level, and they did that to me. A lower level, meaning like lower um, IQ-wise, lower intelligence? Um, no, it's not stimulation, and it just lowers you, um, it temporarily lowers your IQ because you're so unstimulated. I I never liked Queens, I'm sorry to say, but um, it just isn't interesting compared to New York, uh, Manhattan, or Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, like, really interesting, but I'm, like, stuck in Queens. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say it, but... Um, it is not so interesting to me uh, because I'm not from New York. Like if if I grew up here, maybe, but compared to the other boroughs, um, it is not interesting. Although I like it because it, it's more spread out and you have more yards. But I am stuck here because they have, I'm kept here by people and I believe they're using Sonic. I'm kept like a prisoner, a hostage. Especially, and I didn't know until after I divorced because getting divorced was like a second life. So I thought I'd remarry. Um, I, um, you know, I I'm not picky. I I'd be happy like starting a small business or uh, redoing something in humanitarian. Uh huh. Um, a lot of things I'd put in a lot of effort, and I would, you know, I love um, helping people you know, something to help people or rescue children or whatever. But no, I am kept here for years, and they they still put my brain at a low level because what I'm doing is I'm constantly trying to write things. And I wrote a small book describing what happened to me. When you're isolated, they have total control. They come in your place when you're not here, and they put things 
it scrambles my brain or uh, Peter Rosenholm has talked about it. He's um, he's someone who has gone on radio shows and he's talked. He's really admirable target um, that's been in the community for years. And he's uh, from the East Coast. And he has talked how they have, they do it so that you can hardly get anything done. You're like at a basic level. So for, mm-hmm. me, for me, like I will go out, I'll go to like a, a coffee shop. Meanwhile, there's all these perps are there. And now in the last two years, they have brought on so many more other ones. Uh, and they seem to be mostly in the 20s. And just like how um, they have said on other podcasts, um, some reporters, one guy said that uh, it's called surveillance role players. Like they even have ads for people. So they're constantly bringing up new people. And I think they target some of them. Uh, there are so many when I go to uh, the coffee shop. I feel like I'm a supermarket. I'm the supermarket. And they just are like a 75% are there for me. So I, um, that has happened for like three years, two or three years, where I could see that the, I can see how this program has become, uh, now it has come into a new thing where we thought that we we would be able to save people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like uh, when Jesse Ventura had brain invaders and it seemed like the news would come out about it. But now they're just getting so many new people. It's like they want to bring it into every neighborhood. And they're even in my neighborhood, they're having, um, there weren't many Asians, but now they brought in refugees from Nepal and they've been here like seven years and they have been targeting me lately. Um, it's But for me, it's been mostly Mexicans and I I even have seen a Mexican guy who, they act very friendly to you, a lot of the perps. Okay. They'll act friendly to you and if you say hi to them, they'll say hi to you, uh, some of them. And this guy who, he's constantly riding his bike wherever I go like he is able to leave his pizza shop um, because I am his assignment. And this has been going on for like five years. But I, I never go there because once I ordered rice and beans, rice and beans, and I saw him, he he was passing by the big pot where they had it. And I, I saw him toss in a powder, like something from his hand. He tossed it in there, like really fast. So it's like they always get to the uh, people who work at the restaurant. You go. Um, um, uh, it, you know what? It's, they're slowing your brain, like you said, they can do that, but kind of making it, someone in the chat says, making it like uh, the head really feels like mush. It's more than brain fog. The head feels like mush. Um do you feel safe when they do that? And plus, when you just, like you said, a coffee shop or just trying to get little things done, uh, you're swarmed by these creeps, traffickers, slavers. Do, are they intimidating to you? Do they frown at you or smirk? Here. Um, um, no, most of them don't. Like, they don't really try to do a skit 
because they know that I know them. Uh, they mostly track me, and they, oh, my God, they triangulate. They do all sorts of things. But as soon as I come home, and, you know, they, I hardly lately get to go on the Internet because they've done something to all my um, uh, my uh, computers. Uh, and then now my cell phone service, uh, I have to get it back using a smartphone because I can't even check my emails lately. Um, but no, before, I would say, um, because I like uh, to talk about demographics, before uh, and still, most of the people ground um, on the ground, like when I cross every corner, there's like 20, 20 to 40 people cross with me because for somehow it's a grid and they uh, can track me. They have to track me. And uh, so they pass me on uh, intersections, on the sidewalks, you know, where there's a light or a stop sign. So I see them, and most of them, there are some Nepalis, but um, it's mostly still Mexican or Latino, and I would say Ecuador. Um, there's some Dominican. The Dominicans are the traffickers. Um, and Mexicans. A lot of Mexicans. And anyway, the Mexican guy's the one who threw the powder in. And he's a very friendly guy. Um, he would say hi. And plus, they entrained me to like him. Like, I will, if I wanted to, he and I could be buddies. Uh, but I know, I saw him put a powder, throw a powder. So I know he's one of my poisoners. So I just think to myself, why will I, I'll just be, um, Increasing the psych- psychopathy of all this, the social, you know, makes you know. I don't, I don't want to increase all the, you know. It's so sick what they are doing. Yes, yes. I don't program. want to participate in it, so I'm just not friendly. Do you feel um, a quiet wrath or, you know, rage that you must live in this community? And like you say, you're going out to, you know, coffee shop, you know, to take care of, you know. Get your groceries oh, yeah. and stuff. You, you know these creeps yeah. are the I traffickers, get, possible rapists. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, yeah. I get angry when I see them. But they also have a thing on me before. But um, because it's been so many years, it's very upsetting to think that I've been stuck here for so many And they are keeping me here. I Literally, I need a helicopter to just come and lift me out of here. Um, because it's hard for me to... Uh, convince my family and they are attacking my father they are giving him uh, some a mental problem so he is having problems they're probably draining um, whatever he plans to give us you know and what they do is a lot of people who are from families that have some kind of money any money they will have the parents because I noticed this from friends from college the parents live a very long time, like 90s, even higher. And I have friends who are quite, you know, I mean, not a lot, but I noticed, like I found out when there was a reunion, their parents are still alive, and that's because they have assets. And what they do is, like one man I know from school, his family has a lot, they have a lot of assets. So what they did was he ended up marrying someone from the perps and got divorced, but his 
um, his kids, who the uh, grandparents I talk with them, the grandmother thinks they're just wonderful children, but they are the ones who are going to get the property. You know, uh, my friend is already, you know, older now. You know, he's not going to enjoy it maybe a couple of years. But his he lived through it. You know, that's how they, um, I see how they're doing, they get the uh, kids, the grandkids, uh, get the riches. It's just like how they're probably, uh, you know, how they, uh, this is how they probably transferred money and property for ages, you know. Well, they're doing this. It's very, uh, uh, they're doing this. Um, and I can see it because I can see the Latino strain from school. Like I have friends, a couple who are Latinos, and they had a normal life. Um, they had kids, except for one girl who was very shy and very feminine. Apparently, she did not marry or have children, which I thought is almost impossible because she's probably targeted. You know, they keep her alone and they're probably, you know, having their way with her and she has no idea. This is, that's the old um, covert targeting. And then I have five friends from school. We were all, let's say, I'm like the least attractive of them. But the other ones are very attractive, very smart. Um, and it's not like we were such a close group, but why are all of them didn't have children? And some of them are in marriages. Um, while when I walk around here, and it, like Professor Martinez says, um, your community can be 98% the mafia. Um, it's all perps, almost all of them, except for a few targets. Uh, many of them. Here because Sunnyside, Queens is, I think, one of those communities. I have to see these people. Um, they have brand new SUVs uh, for like 10 years or how long they've been um, gang stalking me. They have, uh, then they also use bikes, a lot of people on bikes, and they pretend they're delivery people, but also just people who use bikes to target a lot of guys on bikes. Then there are other um, people who have very expensive pedigree teeny dogs. That started right after the Boston um, bombing. A lot of things changed after the Boston bombing. I think money came into New York, and they started new programs, and so they use dogs. Uh, so these people who are perps, and they are rapists, killers. They're just waiting for us to die, as technocrime fighters said. They get one-third of whatever millions they make on each of our deaths. They get to have families. And I only say this because um, I have been kept away for some strange reason. Uh, they, I have been kept away from babysitting, being around children. But when I married, I was planning to have kids. I mean, I didn't talk about it, but, you know, that's what I was planning to do. But um, now I'm not, and I'm single, and they are preventing me from even remarrying and having a nice husband. So do you feel, I, and if you try to date, say, do you feel like they sabotage your your um, 
your uh, possibilities when you meet men you want to date or pursue? Yeah. Yes, even there's someone I like now, but he is like such, um, he has a drinking problem, so he will come up uh, with, uh, you know, strange things, and he won't want to meet when I can meet. So, like, when you are seeing someone who has a drinking problem, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a problem that I am, I like him so much, but there's no way it can work out because um, they, they even text. What I heard is, you aren't even getting the text from that person. They have there's a group of them that are texting you things. So they they are all involved in one thing, one thing that I'm sort of in. But it has been more of you know you'd never know we were lived in the same neighborhood. Uh, it's more like a distance, long. It's like a long distance. Because um, I don't want to see him because he has upset me in the past. Meanwhile, they keep the feelings going. Plus, on one level, we would get along so well. Um, Anyway, but one thing I can't stand when I walk around is these people who are, these people, other targets, they talk and say, oh, these people don't know what they're getting into. They, they They think we are, they're told that we are bad people. Um, so that's why they're doing it, and uh, we shouldn't blame them. We should pray for them. No, the families who are around me, they know that they know I'm a nice person. They see, like, um, and a lot of the women who are, they're very nice to Latinos, the, the women targets who I know. They're, mm-hmm. very, they're very kind, yet the, I'm just talking about the Latinos right now. The okay. Latinos, Latino perp families, they could care less. This I am I and these women are money to them. Exactly. Like Professor Martinez said, you guys, when we are victims of trafficking, you're not a human being in a slaver's eye. You're just a thing, a commodity to make money. They have to dehumanize us to human traffic you. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. A plus Trump thing, and they think Trump is um, anti-Latino. I am the I am the last person who would say anything because my parents came from somewhere else. I would never, unless someone was a criminal, I would never say anything against Latinos. No. I don't even I don't even hate them. Oh, they did the social engineering in the beginning. Um, what they did with me is they would have um, at first it, they were teen. Latino boys, and then they would have uh, people saying in the very beginning, um, uh, she would, uh, something that I would um, never, uh, uh, like I come from somewhere else, so I would never like them. They put that, I, I don't have anything against anyone, but then they put something in my mind, and they, uh, they made me hate them, of course, because you know all these. Uh, they started doing things to me, and when you when you feel like you are, uh, a, people are betraying you, because I, I used to want it. I was a uh, humanitarian, so I. They saw they watch you, so they saw that I had folders of what has happened at the border. So I really cared what that people are getting killed there or traffic. They don't care. Because I live in a building where 
some of them are Latino, and one family has been here the whole time I've been targeted. They could care less that I cared about Latinos. They are keeping me, you know, they're probably one of the people who will benefit the most if I get killed off. And uh, you are right to say I'm, I agree with you. Oh yeah. Oh, you've listened to some podcasts. As many of you heard Kevin Christian. It may not be the same as they and myself trafficking. However, what Kevin will always express, they want to just make money off of his remote neural monitoring, be their slave, and be happy about it. I think he said it very blunt to us. Very blunt. Right. Again, I can't stress this enough. And we're actually, I'm going to take it another step further. All targeted individuals are trafficking whatever utilization they are using from you. The elite groups, secret societies, witches, warlocks, Wiccans. I don't give a F who they say they are. Let me tell you, they're all slavers. And when you are making profiting off the skin of human beings, you cannot see them as human beings to do what you do. Come on now. They see us as a commodity to make money off of. But they, and they're still in their sick minds. They want us to, you know, shush up and be all quiet and complicit and, and be okay with you, you know, making money off of me, raping me and shit. No, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with that. Right, and our families are really in danger. I'm in danger. My family's in danger, but um, Mm -hmm. um, no one can do anything for us. So that's why we have to speak up. You know, Um, would you like me to talk? uh, Because I can very quickly go, I can tell um, a couple of examples that won't take that long of how they are targeting Asians. Uh, Actually, uh, Faye, I want you to sort of uh, hit on, um, did you ever, by your being Asian American, in this program, did you ever, uh, do you have any, like, overt racism? Because I know, you know, like, I'm African American, and they love saying, you heard my sister's interview, they love saying the N-word, you guys, okay? They use it as the noun, the adjective, the verb, pronoun. Real racist. Do, do you feel that these groups around you are very, uh, are they overtly ra- racist towards your being Asian American? Do you sense that? Well, they do it differently for me because I'm like a very, uh, uh, pretty quiet person and I'm by myself. Plus, I know a lot of, um, uh, just from what I was doing before, I know people who could, uh, human rights type people. So it's they want to keep it more cozy with me. What they do with me is they'll call me a slur, um, you know, an Asian slur in my own words, uh, in my own voice. I mean, uh, like sometimes I'll uh, like be in the subway and I'll see a small Asian lady and they might say in my mind, oh, there's, you know, there's a blank, you know, they'll put it in my my voice, you know, in my mind. So they'll do it that way. It's not anything like how what they're doing to you. In your and your sister's case, it sounds like they're doing it because they, they want to keep – it's very high-level um, stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it with you, yeah. Because even Cindy talked how uh, years ago, I remember her saying that they, they, she would walk around her town uh, in California and she said that they would 
they told her, a woman said, oh, I'm going to sell you for, you know, I'm going to, you'll sell really well. Or, you know, something very blunt like that. Uh, you know, as if she's a slave. Uh, you know, I'm going to sell you to so-and-so. Or very blunt. So, no, they don't do that with me. And I don't know about other Asians. Probably, no, they probably keep it um, because um, Asians have no idea this is happening. They don't. And so I'm definitely going to try to get the word out. And that's why I was quiet for a long time because I was wondering where are the Asians and I didn't want to uh, bring attention for my family's sake. But years have gone past and the whole time they are targeting, for anyone listening, they target the youngest kids. Even if you are, even if they're doing things to you and you're worrying, oh, they're raping or coming in, they're also doing things to the anyone from a baby on up. So you have to be watching. Every you can't concentrate just on yourself. Um, I, but uh, I was worried because I was worried that they won't talk with me. You know, because they have this thing that uh, that is definitely, uh, I mean, in the past, that that's definitely not happening. So we do have to get our the word out so that families will see that this is happening. Because that's where perps have power, is if um, friends or family doesn't, uh, they won't acknowledge it. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, word is, um, I think word will be getting out uh, because it's a big, uh, big step with something like uh, Karen Stewart. Having Karen Stewart, oh my God! Oh yes, Karen she is, is great. So, she's so believable. Yes, she is. She's amazing. Um, so is Ramallah. Is and and Ramallah, Doctor Horst. something about Karen Stewart. And Ramala. Yeah, Karen Stewart's just amazing. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And everyone, please check out oh, the Techno Crime Fighters. Well, they're on the YouTube. They're good. Everyone, check out Techno Crime Fighters. Those women rock. They are progressive. They do get it. Uh, asset stripping, they get human trafficking, pedophilia. They know, they know the main thing money making. Money. <clears throat> Uh, well, there's a high-profile case, an Asian uh, case that uh, I know my perps were involved with that I could tell you about. It's a national case, but it happened in New York. There's a business school called Baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, and um, there was a hazing. They say of Asian-American male fraternity, and there was a boy who was killed. And they um, now just the other day, four around four Asian, Asian or Asian American guys from the fraternity are sentenced to jail, and this was mm-hmm. set up. This was set up because the people targeting me and my ex-husband went to Baruch, and uh, they lived right next door in the adjoining adjoining wall, and uh, I know uh, Baruch is sort of a center of. A lot of the perp things are happening there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was set up so the boy, there was a hazing, and for some reason he died. And I know they were involved. And it's so that they can 
Uh, they will use these kind of tricks to get people in jail. They um, are right. And I want something really established really here because um, while living living in America, <clears throat> many citizens of this country are a bit naive. We think of human traffickers as horrible, tough mafia guys, definitely stems from third world. Uh, there are a lot of third world-centered uh, cabals, mafia, yes, that are intertwined in our country. Always remember the name of the game is money. Number one, it's money. Okay, this is very lucrative and profitable. And human trafficking are happening in our manicured, barbecue, summertime, you know, America. Get it out of your mind and think the trafficker is a bunch of tattoos and piercings, and he's just out there fiending on, on women and, and little kids. No, guys, they can look middle class. They can be all racist. Get it real correct, true, okay? Some of them are even professionals, doctors, nurses, you know, they work in government. Who is a slaver? Um, anybody and everybody. They can look just like you and me, okay? That's what I'm letting you know. That's what I'm letting them. You'll never know how they roll until you start figuring out how they roll. They're very. They think they're very good at blending in. The lawns will be cut. They'll decorate for Christmas. They're going to do all the you know <clears throat> patriotic things, even having a you know a flag waving on their front lawn and stuff. But there's some peculiarities with them. Um, they're always at home. Uh, SUVs. They tend to wear nice clothes and eat well and stuff. But when you really think about it, how do you afford all those nice things and you're at home all the time? You begin to think for a minute. You're at home almost too much. They're home all the time, yeah. Right. The first thing to look, remember, is they like to look at us as things and money. You guys start looking at them. Now we're playing chess as things and money. Start moving your brain. You know your brain still works. How the heck is that guy, that woman, and that man always at home, but they have nice toys and everything looks all tidy? Where does, where does that wealth come from? It's called unsubstantiated wealth. Where are they getting the money for that? Think about that for a minute. We know our mom and dad were busting their behinds to work and give us some type of life. Some of us middle class, some of us lower and dirt poor, but they worked. But I know one thing, I was poor, my mom worked, but she wasn't at home all day. Why, how are they at home all day and they got nice cars and stuff? Where's the money coming from? What do they do? Yeah. How, do their, how do their kids roll? Are their kids really like all the normal kids or not? Do they have a problem with eye contact with you? A lot of traffickers don't really want to give you eye contact. Yeah. Yes, from afar, they have a superiority stance. Remember? Mm-hmm. Every crust of Wonder Bread, tortilla, crumpet, cornbread, whatever they're eating, think about it and they don't get it. Every crust of their bread is made off the skins of a human being. That's enough overall to turn my stomach, but it doesn't theirs. They can also launder the money. Look at small mom-and-pop businesses, donut stores and stuff. You know the business is lousy. The donuts aren't even happening, yet they don't seem desperate for money. Think about it. Is that just a... Uh, an idle business to look clean so they can launder money through. If you're in, if you're in middle middle to smaller communities, who's your shriners or your masons? Those are usually the head captains that run that territory. 
motorcycle gangs. I'm letting you know who traffickers are, how they roll. And they'll always want a lot of people in their groups to have what? Steady jobs and careers. Because normally if they can infest and take over the, the entity of that person, they can what? Clean the money. What are we seeing in the news right now? A bunch of what? Senators and councilmen, they were running their offices like organized crime. They're going down. The name of the game is not only how to make the money, but they have to what? Launder the money. What about who works really in hospitals, hospice, old folks' homes? Do they have clearances or are they felons? Don't you know a lot of doctors and nurses that were naughty, naughty with drug abuse? You end up working a lot of times in ERs, and our wonderful country doesn't tell us. How many of you felt like you've had soaked up nurses and doctors in the ER? I have. <laughs> That's about the only That's level they'll scary. let them in. It's really, really scary. That's about the only level they overall let them in. Or, or as Professor Martinez enlightened us, a lot of them are criminals and they have already murdered Americans and taken their licenses and identities. Watch the news. I believe that DNC voter fraud is coming out. You know? These are who, this is how it rolls. Yes, and there's a lot of players involved. Yes, there's 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 groups and gangs that sell drugs on the corner, but trust me, that corner guy has to talk to another captain and another captain who, guess what, may play pool or something with a congressman or senator. Remember, politicians are just puppets, and they, too, can't substantiate wealth, the money. Look at traffickers. Is everything paid in cash? Because if you think that they're um, low-class, jet clampish looking thing, that's not true. No, no. That's like saying all the mafia looks like, you know, Al Capone's guys, you know, a suit around a dark corner with brass knuckles on its hand to beat you up. They don't look like that anymore, you guys. The mafia is white-collar crime. Brooks Brothers suits, hedge fund founders, crooks. A lot of dot startups, they have gaming. That's illegal, too. There's a lot of digital money being made. In fact, I think they're turning human trafficking money into digital money. I'm searching for someone that really, really is versed on the dark web. Oh, I hope we can find someone. I'll tell I you. Hope the- I hope we can. Because um, everyone's in this game of trafficking. They have, tra- as you know, immunity holders. I believe a lot of times, fake living in Gotham, you try to get uh, remedies. Did you feel like hospitals and various agencies were were in on it against you or, or too scared to help you? Well, uh, one thing uh, one thing about, uh, there was a, uh, I, it was a hospital or some kind of uh, hospital or rest home, uh, no, some kind of health center. And whenever I would pass by it, I would get perked. Like they were these staff. I don't know what level they were. I don't know if they were nurses or what. But they would always come out, and uh, this was in New Jersey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, even, yeah. So many of people of... working in medical facilities are. Oh yes. They're perfect. Yes, they are. A lot of them are criminals. They have records, especially uh, to take care of the elderly, 
or those people in uh, intensive care, something about hospitals, you guys, late at night when everything closes, it makes me feel like hospitals will, will just about hire anything. You know what I'm saying? Yes, okay. and, and you can't go there alone after what you said happened to your sister and then my friend who has passed away, and she was murdered by the same people who um, uh, who are uh, around me and Professor Martinez. Uh, yeah, and I, she was I, treated so terribly. Yeah, uh, and tortured in in the ward. Uh, she was screaming, yeah, screaming. Uh, and, and it was done, done by nurses. So oh, they, yes, it is. Um, that that's like a new thing I only heard of this past year. But uh, people should try to get an advocate or something, especially if you're targeted and if you'll go into the hospital. Well, they will do this to regular people. Amy made a comment and she said that, um, uh, and that's why I'm trying to relate this to everyone, not just Asians, uh, though I hope more will come out because I'm just one. You know, uh, there's many more stories. But uh, uh, Amy said something like, Amy from California, that they're coming for you next. It's like this is just like uh, in the uh, like World War Two. I mean, they're going to be coming after everyone. So we're, oh, we're yes. telling a story that other people are going to hear or experience very soon. Um, that's a very good point, Faye, because it brings me back even just recently. If you or anyone caught uh, my commentary about the end times this past Saturday, I meant what I said as I began studying. Ooh, revolutionary revolt um since the beginning of time i want you guys to all understand this most uh protests revolution were started by people groups of people that were marginalized what i'm trying to say is our phds our mds rns you know or anybody for that matter teachers or something like that people overall that have invested in school or higher education licenses you'd be surprised they actually may not tilt it they have a lot to lose they're going to keep their hands at the side i believe they're going to be very obedient to this whole new world order to change and stop this junk Sarah Connors and John Connors were still considered marginalized. They're going to make the world. You know what I mean? Civil rights, marginalized, the array. Spartacus, marginalized by human trafficking for the uh, Roman Empire. You know what I'm saying? Um, because like World War II, they will tell the people what they need to do. And either by bribes or fear, as we've learned being targets, people will get on board with this agenda. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're divided. They, they're constantly dividing the targets and the perps. You know what I'm saying? Constantly. Well, um, and a point that uh, might interest you because we, uh, you know, uh, there's the different uh, ethnic groups. One thing uh, people assume that Asian, Asians or Asian Americans have some power. But I'll tell you that I was surprised a few years ago. Uh, there's only one actress, Asian-American actress, Lucy Liu. And uh, then there was one other one, but somehow it never happened for her. So there's 
basically only one or a couple of uh, Asian actors in Hollywood. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, Lucy Liu, uh, uh, you probably know her. She's been in a few things. Oh, yeah, the, um, the, the, you know, Charlie James. She's been in a lot of things, Allie McBeal, you know. Yeah, she can be funny, right? But she she said something over, like, maybe 10 years ago. She said, I've been trying to get a romantic comedy. I've been trying to get them to give me one, but they won't do it. And she never has. All this time. So that that illustrates that Asian-Americans don't have any power, a clout at all. If Lucy Liu cannot, if, you know, that means they want to keep Asians, uh, they don't want them to be included in regular America. So it seems like Asians are in the mainstream, but they are not. Because if mm. she could not even get a romantic comedy. Now, uh, Jennifer Lopez had one, but also they had all the following. There's a huge Hispanic, uh, uh, you know, following. Not following, I mean, what do you call it? Market. A market mm-hmm. for that. So they have that, too. But uh, Asians, are, you know, compared to the other minority groups, don't have much power, I think. Wow, I did not know that. I had no yeah. idea. Oh, right. And now she's just been doing a uh, TV show, which is doing well because she's a good actress, but uh, she isn't even romantic interest with the lead. It's like she had something with an older guy because Asian women are kind of put with old men, older men, a lot of the time. It is, but you know, we're going to go there. By my being African-American, they either have us as some drug addict, prostitute, or what's that other one that she goes some type of, I don't know, in my, well, I don't want to say it, but in my view, some type of, you know, concubine or something for some rich white guy or something, something really out there. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm just like, you know, or of course the main, you know, you know, step and fetch at some type of cheesy comedy, which again could be entertaining, but sometimes um, for that philosophical, deep thought, um, you know, good, good, I'm trying to think of really good black cinema, the the movie Eve by You. I'm not going to get that on regular (laughs) TV. I wish they would portray us. uh, It's more than positive, a type of realism, you know what I mean? Diversity. And diversity is simply that. Diversity is a type of stereotype. As with this program, they stereotype us. They want us to uh, divide and conquer, hate other races. They do. Oh, actually, that's a really good point. I would say that um, they, um, have made, they have made it worse than it ever was before. I feel like some of them may have come from, uh, some of it is part European, and I don't know if it's a clan here, but they no. have set it back and made it so much worse. Um, oh, oh, the yeah. past administration, guys, really was a highlight of separating other race division was I mean really tenuous during the whole Obama thing you know change is going to come yeah you bet it's um the race relations are are god awful okay um and with the poverty that's being sucked out of the country they are social engineering all of us what I'm saying is we 
feel it on this level, the perps and stuff after us, but trust me, they've enslaved your doctors and dentists too, just in a different way. But they too, their hands are at their side. And when this revolt comes to change and to expose this program, it's going to be more of us targets. Because guess what, TIs? We too are marginalized by this treatment. Look at the history. Who really shut things up to change things? The so-called revolutionaries were always groups of marginalized. The underdog. The underdog. Look at Hollywood. They, they farmed them out ridiculous and with Weinstein. Did you see a few brave women spoke out about this creep? Who? Those same women were not even invited to that Golden Globe. It's like, a, like now that's been farmed out for another group of women who say they're going to bring it their way. We shall see. We shall see. Do you feel that uh, with the social engineering, when they utilize you as a trafficking victim, do they want to sexualize you into some type of, I don't know, horrible racist, the world of Susie Kwan face, something just really crazy? Um, it, uh, you know, I don't know for sure, but I would not be surprised because the market, um, it seems like older older men are definitely seem mind controlled to try to to see Asian women and uh, uh, because I've talked to a few lately, like one in particular, he said he a few have said they never liked Asians and, and then they got older and uh, then they started liking them. So I wonder if there's some mind control going there, and that would, then would give a market for. Uh, do you, well, I guess I'm asking the next question. Do you feel like, uh, in your experience, do they only seek you out because you're Asian? Do you ever have that feeling? Um, oh, you mean uh, in just regular relating to Yeah, you? the men that are they're trying to steer your uh, way of their mind control. Do you feel like they're not really seeing you, but only seeing you because you're Asian-American? Um, a couple of times, like uh, quite a long time ago, because, you know, I was married a long time and then just recently divorced. but. Um, before, sometimes I would think uh, because they had maybe met a few Asians, and so yes, then I felt oh you know, so uh, they have known so many Asians, and I feel like um, they are being controlled. I feel uh, what I discovered is there seem to be men who um, they will use as a hub, just like how they'll mm-hmm. use um, you know in a Laurel Aston video a dentist. Mm-hmm said that uh, they pick out um, teen, um, she was telling Laurel that they pick out teen leaders and they will give them a chip. Uh, she was paid, this dentist was paid to give a chip to teens who are leaders in their school. Well, it's the same thing here. It's like um, anyone who is uh, like a man, they'll make him a hub. Um, they'll make him chase after a lot of the same type of women. And so then they'll probably set him up with virtual reality and probably get a lot of film from him. But, yes, I've noticed that certain men, whether they they wouldn't know it, they just think they like a certain kind of woman, but they are really chasing after them. A lot of them seem to date a lot. From a couple of people I've known in the past, it seemed a bit, a little... Bit abnormal. 
And now I can see how they would be programmed for it. Wow. They're like the same kind of person. Yeah. Do you feel um, what your experience, but definitely many years of saying nothing, and now you are with your activism voice, do you feel your targeting right now, has, has it increased, decreased? Do you feel safer? Um, do you feel more heightened? Um, I, I'm i not sure if safer because I'm, like, still in the building with, mm-hmm. um, with them. And, um, like, there are some a Pakistani family above me, and they are particularly brutal. I feel like they could care less if they... They've been beaming so many, so much radiation at me, and um, I, I think they are very uh, uncaring. I forgot the word. They have no compassion, and I think maybe they choose some groups who have a caste system, and they just see us. Uh, uh, techno crime fighters talk about they, they're making a caste system like we are the uh, target. And they just could care less what they do. Oh, yeah. 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 And these are war crimes. And, and I cannot wait till this gets exposed. Um, do you feel that your defenses as a victim um, have improved a little bit? Do you feel that you're, do you feel like your mind gets less fog mentally? Oh, well, uh, something happened. Uh, I was in a fog um over five years ago, but around the time that I was getting divorced, they changed something. They changed part of my personality so that I could become more of a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like if it's needed for me to help with something, I will. But I do not, uh, it is not my first choice, but I could help with something. When before, I tell you that I was really had no interest to be a leader, even if it would be for example, I was taking some uh, classes uh, at an education school, and mm-hmm. there were four or five of us at a table of you know people who were going into education, and uh, they wanted someone to lead just the four people, and I never volunteered, so I had no mm-hmm. desire to lead anything. But now they changed something like personality that um, I would if I needed to, and before I definitely wouldn't. Plus, they lift, they increased my brain. It's like I'm in a hive mind, and now I can figure stuff out even like a detective. So I have higher, my brain power is higher. It's like they gave me um, that Adderall or something. Not, oh, all, really? not all the time, but mm-hmm. some, they have did that about three years ago where I could write a um, song or part of a song or I could do like four lines of a really uh, clever like poem. Mm-hmm. I could do it so fast. Uh, uh, like I'll send you some so you can see them. Um, I could do it so fast. It's almost like a computer was helping me. So they have done something to my brain definitely like three or four years ago. Wow. So it's um, maybe to make up for what they did before. I don't know. 
But what they do, the terrible Mm -hmm. thing they do is that when I come back here, I can hardly uh, look at what's in my bags, my backpack, notes, anything I want to achieve because they put me in, it's almost like half asleep, half asleep, half awake. I can't even open up my journal, you know, to write out what I did that day. So they can bring me down to a level and I really want to um, escape from this. You know, I could die like that. And each of us, if we are taken out of that isolation, we could achieve a lot. Like this would be endless. I guess that's why they do it. You know, it takes a lot when we're isolated. It takes a lot um, more out of us. Easier, I guess, to control and to, in essence, take us down. A lot harder if we live near each other and stuff, you know. Or social contact. Um, Faith, are there any closing remarks? Um, because I know I want to have you back on to even keep exploring, you know what I mean, all the facets of human trafficking. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not flavors, nor is anyone on this call, but um, through this type, everyone, of program, you feel sometimes nameless. You feel sometimes faceless and sometimes just taking some time and expressing of how we think how we feel how this works you know what i mean it's empowering to everyone listening to this really quite frankly yeah well normally i would i actually would not really be talking i am talking because it is getting towards the end of um, you know, my mother passed away when she was young. We're all just getting older. I want to help my family and other people. The only way you can do that is to speak up or to let other people know. And uh, that's why I am uh, I am speaking. And I hope other people can, uh, can join in. Uh, maybe there could be other people and I, I could be one of three, and we could talk, or any time you want me to come on. Yeah, I could. I could be. I could be even one of them and share my sisters. And I even have my sister on um, because yeah. she's uh, affected remote neuromonitoring plus V2K guys. So she hears what they say, and I live through it. And if you think they're just attacking and raping her and not raping me, please, I'm not that stupid. This is their whole tomb raiders is what they call them groups of rapists that break in women's houses unbeknowing this is where we're living this is similar to ancient rome the depravity is high corruption high can any of us even count 10 righteous men or even worse than that the ancient city of sodom and gomorrah it's bad and yet we have this small veneer that say that we have rights and we're a democracy you know, it's more and more that we mock that. I have a feeling that all the nations are imploding. Yeah. And I did definitely want to mention that I am very worried about um, Asian uh, Asian uh, girls, women, children, because they have, they have been objectified. Uh, you know, it's pretty well known. Oh, yeah. Objectified and... Uh, uh, even, you know, there's tourism to those countries. 
Mm-hmm. One woman, uh, one woman, she said something on the news. I happen to know her, and she. There is a thing where people accept, uh, not just from Western countries, but from other countries, that oh, uh, you know, certain things about Asians. So I, I wanted to say that I don't believe any children or adults. Any any should be trafficked or used. Oh yeah, right. And so I'm uh, speaking up because um, there may be a mistaken thing out there. Oh, actually, I know there is. Uh, there's a word out there, and they probably do that to justify going to countries and uh, you know for sex tourism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's rampant here. I'm very surprised. Um, it is, and it, and I want it makes me bring up politically, everyone. I do believe this is exactly what President Trump is speaking about. Uh, on December twenty first, he did an executive order addressing a, uh, horrible human rights abuses and corruption. Uh, human trafficking is a horrible, deplorable human rights abuse, it's slavery, and it is rapid and saves rights. Uh, the especially our silent victims, be it via ethnicity or culture, Asian, Asian Americans are absolutely, um, they are simply uh, not discussed or highlighted of their plight in trafficking. Do you feel that way, Faye, that there's nothing on the mainstream media talking about it? Right. I don't think they even realize, uh, too. So, um, yeah, that has to come out. Um, it, and with the trafficking, I want everybody to notice that depending on the, uh, yeah, I'm going to go there, the ethnicity or culture, because what I've heard, and I want to do some podcasts if I can find it, the LBGT, gay and lesbian, uh, they, if they're trafficking victims, they are atrocious to them. If they're African Americans, they are dead clamping. I mean, it's the racism is like, archaic. It's like birth of a nation. You know what I mean? They make you feel like Billy Holiday for colored only. Horrible. Yeah, that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And I mean, me and Lillian are, if nothing else, middle, middle-aged women were outspoken. I've been yelling, yelling, yelling about it. Sometimes I get quieter because I, I want to see the safety of my sister, but then sometimes she'll scream too. We're tired. All of us are tired of this. We want to be, we are active activists. We're not marginal. And the, have you noticed this, Faye? Those of us that live in the mega cities, the traffic, it ain't even that covert. It's over because there's more criminals over us. The, the, the whole targeting is different in bigger cities. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right. We, we feel danger, you guys. And I don't think a lot of people really get it in our community. More dangerous. However, victims, I want all of you to hear this, TIs in the mega cities, we need to incorporate in our group. Start talking to the TIs in your bigger cities. They know how this rolls and they can break it down even faster. We need to be on the same page. Right. You know what I mean? This is 2018. This is the year get wisdom. The more wisdom that you have, the better you can fight. I'm giving you the tools as we fight together. President Trump's executive orders, techno-crime fighters, in which Faye and I both mentioned tonight, Professor Solange Martinez. Check out 
my 27-part series, The Illegal Alien Mafia, on talk show. QAnon, look through the looking glass. Everybody can remember that. That's a part of Alice in Wonderland. In fact, I hope I have some of Midge's people from Targeted Justice this Saturday. They have heard about the map, and that's really how we really connected. She said, you know about that? I said, I know about that. She said, it's all there. It's a, it's a maze. Look at it. The information's there. I can't wait for the other podcast to catch up. As Faye and I will disclose with you, our president is discussing human trafficking. All you really need to ask some of the other martyrs, what's up? Why, if the president can talk about it, what's up? Why aren't you letting this pass? We, we can't afford to be on the late train about nothing. All roads lead to money. President, even President Trump gets that money. He gets it. Do you have any closing remarks at this time? Because I wanted to ask everyone um, if you have any questions oh, or comments for okay. at this time. Right. Um, but I, before I, we start I, that, if everyone, please star eight. And I'm going to now ask Faye if she has any um, anything more she'd like to add to tonight's podcast. Um, I just wanted to finish that story regarding my sister where we had a, um, we didn't get along. We had a feud, and I, I had a hatred of my sister for so long. It was like a feud. Um, I will tell you that it was definitely mind control, because one, I was praying one day in this uh, in Queens, mm-hmm. uh, praying one day, and I was asking for God before I knew I was targeted. I think, um, or it must have been after. I was a. Uh, praying for something, then uh, God didn't give me that. But guess what happened that day? They lifted this thing that I had for my sister. It was lifted off of me as if it was an object. Can you believe it? It was lifted. And so then I realized it's like I had a first day without having this feeling against her. So I'm just saying that there are things we have no idea and are of not... Um, they're not of our doing that have affected our whole lives. There are parents and children uh, who haven't gotten along, and it has nothing to do with them. It's like uh, it has been put on us. So um, there's something to look forward to. If I can, if I saw that happen, I'm just saying it can happen for other people. If they choose, they can work on it. You know. Now, do you, uh, since you've discovered that, do you get along with your sister better now? Yes. Since then, like, we have gotten in uh, tiffs uh, still. But mm-hmm. in general, right, I, we have more of a loyalty. Like you say, you have a loyalty to your sister, and I have one with her. And she's pissed me off a couple times, and probably same with her. But we have a loyalty where before I probably would have written her off. And that's really sad if you there are people who've been in thirty year feuds, um, and I believe it's control. It is. It make they make families act so ugly. Don't make you talk to your sister or brother for fifty years. That's so ugly. Think about it in the big scheme of things, you know? 
love may come and love may go, but we're talking about your tribe. Right. And it can be groups against groups, too. They groups do against groups. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's an object. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It just creates dissension and confusion, and guess what? No power in that. I want these weapons and the whole blacklisting, but you know what? We have already enough information. The, the weapons will be believed. Human trafficking been doing it since the beginning of time, and it's coming, and it's, it seemed to be the main entree coming out right now. All TIs are human trafficking. I'm telling you. Been speaking about this topic for at least three years and more. I think even longer than that. All roads lead to money. Okay? Now you gotta think about it this way, and people just really need to get it this way. I think President Trump gets it. If Bill Rapin defiled women, why wouldn't they why wouldn't they turn over kids and what better way to get innocent children through foster care? Adoption. He sees misappropriation of funds, missing money, milking the taxpayers broke. Okay. I've also started advertising on um, everyone on social media, Facebook. Now it's being worded that January is also Human Trafficking Month. I know I saw last week the 11th was the day, but now they're changing it into the month. But without a doubt. This month is uh, Stalking Awareness Month. It is Stalking Awareness Month. Um, we, what we're all interested in with our fight is getting as much information. And say, I think you gave a very good point. If we can get a panel of sex trafficking victims, that would be one of the most pivotal shows, and I would love to have that. Do yeah. Because with more more players, more of us talking about it, we can share and um, get more information. Because this our, this heinous crime, you guys, in the PI community, traff- especially sex trafficking, hear me, hear me out. They are very sneaky, very covert. Their whole main thing is never to let the sex trafficking victim know that they're in this type of net. Yes, you are ensnared because they have a um, a network. I call them traffickers with immunity. When I said earlier in the show, a lot of traffickers have jobs that grant them power, like lawyers, judges, sheriff's department, medical. When a victim is trying to get help, they really will tighten the rope and you don't get any help. Our court systems are corrupt. We are not talking about decent courts. We're not talking about decent cops. We're talking about masons and those that participate in this program. Okay? It's the separation of the wheat and tares. Okay? You know, which I'm so glad on this call. We don't have to explain that kind of jazz. You guys get it. We know what time it really is. At this time, do you, does anyone have any questions that they'd like to uh, ask our Guest speaker tonight, Faye, Faye of Gotham. Callers, go ahead and star eight so I can see you on the board. Uh, Chatters, go ahead and type your question in. I want to make sure everyone gets a chance to ask any questions. It was a very good and interesting uh, interview tonight. Uh, We see various shades. You see, we're still people. You know what I mean? 
And sometimes we almost have to tap ourselves on the shoulder being TI as bad as we're treated. Tap yourself on the shoulder right now. I'm still human. I'm here. I'm here. I don't care what they think they're downloading in me. I don't don't care sometimes if my friends or family have abandoned me. I'm still a person. I still still think. I still move. I still hunger. I still want. Uh, I had meant to go into more detail of the, uh, you know, more graphic detail, but uh, uh, I sometimes I talk so much I don't. Uh, but I, I anyway, it seemed like a good conversation. But it's, I, it's I'm really willing to go into graph more graphic details. But maybe if well, they ask, you know. It, yes, they are. If you guys don't really know, I mean, um, I was just thinking myself. I mean. When is the what was the realization first that you thought you were even being human trafficked? Were you sexually violated or do you feel you were or or did one of the groups say anything off color to you? What what clicked in your mind to say, Oh my god, I'm a victim of because I guess let me set it up the way I think, the way our interviews have went. You're this young Elder girl of a loving, middle-class family, the best of homes in the Midwest, turning out positive, clean-cut kids. How could this possibly happen? Do you ever ask yourself, how could this happen to women like me? Don't we come from the best homes? We go to church. Our moms and dads work hard, sacrifice to give us even a better education than they had. And then all of a sudden, I'm living in this so-called democracy country called the U.S. of A. And they have trafficking networks that will just take a female captive. That's nothing. Yeah, and they won't let go. And they won't let go. They, once they latch on to you, tag you. They'll keep you for life. Right. It'll be generational. Sometimes if you've had kids that try to all of them start going after your 12, 13-year-old daughter. Some women are set up in this just to be breeders, just to have babies. And the babies are taken. This enslavement. Yeah, that's very dangerous for the yes, it is. babies. Yeah. That's what's going on. Actually, I'm thinking, even with elaborate details, no, I think we're going to have a panel that would of, be great. The defi- of the defilement mm-hmm. of sex trafficking. I mean, we'll let it all out because that's what the interview will be focused on, what they do, how they roll, yeah. how yeah. they really treat a human being that they deem a thing. Y'all know what a thing is? T-H-I-N-G, a thing. Can you even imagine? Well, uh, again, does anyone have any questions or comments for Faye of Gotham at this time? Wide-eyed in the chat room, Faye says, thank you for the call, Lawrence. Thank you, Faye of Gotham. God bless. And she also asked, Faye said she was 
a quiet and shy person before. She sounds strong and outspoken now. She's come a long way. Do you feel you have, Faith? Uh, yes, I definitely was um, hesitant before, but I feel better. I I just started talking when Linda 444 was around, and uh, then I've been, I talk on Lauren's calls pretty often. I don't talk on other calls, though, uh, as much, but I feel very comfortable on Lauren's call because it's, it's about traffic, and, and Lauren, uh, she lets you say really what's on your mind. So um, I appreciate that. Oh, definitely. Hear me out. Hear me out. No censorship. No, 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 no censorship. This is 2000, especially 2008. We we tip telling you all of us. We're what is the new Jack targeted individual? We're butt naked, climbing a mountain, about to leap right into the sea with truth. That's we're letting it all hang out. Um, Okay, we don't have time to worry about nobody else that ain't on that ain't on board. We're on board. The name of the game is money. Human trafficking is the first road to money. Then assets stripping. Then you know we have to talk about some families that are killing each other over that inheritance too. Yes, that goes down like that. It really does. Um, guess five says yes. You have good energy, Faye. You know, chat room callers at this time. Do you have any questions or comments? At this time, I think you've answered all mine. And say, I do think I want to go into more detail um, with a, um, if you could be just a little patient, and maybe I can get one or two more people to go into the sexual acts of what they do, even if that would mean if she feels better, my sister Lillian, because of this. Sure, yeah. yes, because I feel um, I had meant to describe some things that have happened to me, but um, I didn't get to that. <laughs> I guess, you know, um, the hours <laughs> fly by. Do they yeah. do, well, maybe that's a question I want to ask. Do they do sexual things to you on a daily basis or weekly, monthly? Do they ever leave you alone? Oh, my God. There was a time about two, uh, 2014 before I knew Linda 444 call, and the reason I didn't go on her call was because um, um, someone kept saying, oh, she's with the CIA or so." you know, when they would, I think when Derek would uh, announce her call at the end, because I don't see chat uh, at that time. Uh, so I thought, well, that's, you know, I believed it. You know, I didn't know it was false. I didn't know there were perps on there. So for two years, I didn't go on her call. And those two years were where they targeted me very hard. They were the, uh, um, at that time, um, it was Bangladesh um, were above me. And then then, uh, they were doing something else. Um, I believe that's when they inserted something for a study uh, that they do regarding cervical stuff because there were like five of us who were friends, friends or closely associated that were seemed to be in a study. We were kept at home, and then uh, they were doing some kind of health study. Okay, so then that's when they put a chip in me. Then those people moved out, and in 2014, this um, white, uh, what is he? His name is not, yeah, Shman, S 
S-C-H-M-O-N. He moved above me, and he would have some white guys would come up. He was young, mid-20s or something, and then his family was involved because even his sister or cousin or something would be in the backyard and, you know, doing things. Um, Then they would have, and then the guys would say in the, uh, they'd say, you're world famous. And I knew they meant me. I knew that somehow they were filming or something. And that's when they uh, woke me up when I was asleep. And as I've told before, and it was like in the middle of, I don't know if it was um, regular. It was more than a regular orgasm or something. But it was that kind of feeling, and it was very strong. And um, I don't know if it was forced speech, but they were making me say things, you know, that you uh, that you uh, liked it or, you know, that kind oh. of that thing. I don't remember the words. But I was all alone, and they were demonstrating to me what they could do. And that's very scary. Um, another time, um, at that time, I walked into McDonald's, and this one guy who I've taken a picture of, he's um, a perp. And had a barber store here as a barber. And he just walked in with something that looked like a small air conditioner into McDonald's. And I was just sitting there a few feet away. And it's like the, the bottom half, like my torso, that area was just um, inside was gyrating with some energy. And it's like it was totally separate from me. So I believe when they drug us or when they put us in a coma, or whatever they do, they can just take that part of our body, um, control it, and then they can have people come in, I don't know, group, um, you know, assault, or, you know, I have no idea, because they can also dilate your um, orifices. That's why I've never felt torn, and I have, uh, in college, they they um, managed, uh, they uh uh, they choreographed, well, let's not put it that nicely, they arranged a rape uh, where I was torn. You know, you can feel being torn. That's painful. Like afterwards, the uh, pain of it. But yeah, this, this, you don't. So I know they're using lotions, but uh, they have demonstrated, too, that they can um, they can open your orifices. Shut and close, just like a, they can dial, like a dial. Because they did that once when I was standing up by washing my dishes. So, um, yeah, it's scary because um, you don't know what they can do. And then there's this dwarf. There's a very, very small guy who is related to the Mexicans. And he is he has a scooter. And it's like he's small even looking for a child. He must be three feet maybe. Very small. Is, he a dwarf? is he a dwarf? Is he a dwarf? A midget? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm just trying to get a bit. Wait a minute. A midget? I, I, feel a dwarf? I feel fear when I would see him because I know that they must have, uh, because they do porno, they must have put him and me together. And oh then, I thought, then I thought later, oh dwarfs, must, they must be used to appear as children. And this could be how they... Um, extort politicians or oh my god, yeah. they want. because this oh, guy, wait, I got, I got to digest that. Say, yeah. oh my god, I never thought of it that yeah. way. 
from certain from angles, angles from certain angles. Yeah. Like a child. So they probably exactly. have special pain. Oh, my God. They could have yeah. film of me, and like they could be telling people I'm a pedophile. But let's talk about people they blackmail. You know, they could be doing yeah. all sorts of things to men, women. You know, uh, oh politicians and whoever. You know, that's a very good point. That's yeah. an excellent point, actually. It makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, actually. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's you know. I felt fear every time I see this. Um, wait a minute, and, and this wait a minute, and this dwarf is still in the building, like right now. Um, what they do, they they see. This is why I really uh, talk because sometimes they leave um, for a few months and then they come back, um, and I don't know if they're doing stuff because what I heard is they cycle around to your friends and family, like they target a circle of you. So, you know, I'm very, you know, very worried of the rest of, you know, my search. Mm. So plus, they could be doing this to other, like, you know, people, uh, children. Even this, you know, the the dwarf could be dangerous. He could be molesting children, you know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, and, 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 you guys, I, we're going to, you know what, say, I, I want you very much to come on the next call. In fact, everyone listen to me here and now. What little bit we've just heard from Faye of Gotham, I, I want her to be a part of a panel to let you know the acts that are committed and filmed and money is made off of. I never, I I've heard, of course, children are used in a lot of uh, rape tape and put out on the dark web. But I never thought the other angle was very clever of them to use a dwarf, someone, you know, diminutive. And that makes them actually, by law, an an adult. But but you won't know that, especially if they don't really show the face much. Yeah. Very creepy. And I hope another person will come up. They use animals. Yes, they use dogs. Well, I have many, many yeah. men walking around with various dogs. You know, yeah. I feel, I feel fear. You know, oh, I yeah. don't want. Yeah, yeah, I dread. Like I would like to find these tapes, uh, these if it's on the dark web or whatever. I would like to find out. So, you know, uh, there's people to sue. Like uh, there's at least one landlord um who's involved and uh once we all look at who's doing this to us, there are people we can sue. That's right. Um, yeah. We need to give them a hard time. Um, I'm actually thinking if we if we feel that they're involved, I want to find out if there's an anonymous tip line even for IRS because the name of the game name of the game is to put their name in and find that unsubstantial wealth. And it appears to be our this new administration, President Trump, seems pretty focused on human trafficking, okay? I can't stress it enough. If the chief commander of our country is bringing up human trafficking, what's up, TI community? Come on now. This is, this is, it. This is happening, as I already saw it, about three years or more. Because I never lost sight on money, on money. It was too much diversity targeting my sister and I, too much. 
What could have all of these players and bought money? Oh, yes. And, um, oh, that's what um, someone was saying, the targeted in Ireland. She has a whole YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think she says, and Technocrime, they're, they, oh, no, she said, because she's been involved since she was a child in, you know, being harassed by, um, there was a family, a very rich family in America who wanted to buy her, but her mother would not let her go. Um, but she's, she said that the uh, criminals are involved in many, many things. They're involved in everything. Everything, yes. That's what yes. Uh, Professor Martinez was trying all to tell time. us. Yeah. Uh, any, all, um, you know, as they call it in the mob, all rackets. So they're in the inheritance fraud. They're in uh, also at asset stripping. They are trafficking governmental benefits, guys. They are killing us at the hospice or the old folks' home or trying to make us feel enough to go in there, and they have assassins in hospitals waiting on us. So there's a, there's a profit. It's a profit as they traffic us. There's a profit in our death. There's a profit. The racket. Yes, they even probably... Which parents, like sometimes you can notice two parents will live to a long, uh, ripe, very ripe age, uh, and it has to do with inheritance. They don't want the kids to get it too young. But sometimes you see one parent killed off sooner than the other one, so you have to look at um, how the will was made. So if people want to survive, they should see how the will is made because otherwise if people can make money from you, it seems like now they're trying to kill off a lot of people. It, so, it is. It yeah, is. you have to. Maybe there's some ways we can control that, especially people who are parents and leaving things for their kids. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's Mitch yeah. would know more about that. Yes, I spoke to her just yesterday, and I hope again, everyone, that she's um, she may send um, a couple of people from Targeted Justice, her group formed, and if all goes well, I'll keep my fingers crossed, that's all I can do. Um, that reminds me, everyone, Saturday at 9 p.m., I hope to have Mitch, and he has committed, I just have to schedule this date and get back with him, our our guy that we enjoy, um, that dreamboat, Kevin Christian, he's going to come back, he's breaking down more of this trafficking of remote neural monitoring, and how to distinguish that, because with remote neural monitoring, you can hear their voices just as similar as V2K. And uh, they do a lot of creepy things to make money, and he's going to break it down to us. Please check him out on YouTube as Kevin Christian. Very nice young man. Um, we hope to have uh, Mitch and her people from Target Justice this Saturday night at 9 p.m. here on TalkShoot. You can call one four four seven seven one. In fact, I'm pretty much going to try to be state. I am going to be stable Wednesday and Saturday night. Now, as we are talking right now with Tuesday from Gotham, she's just went into a little, and um, she blew my mind with the uh, use of the the, the midget. Okay. Um, yes, in a lot of these vile tapes. Gang rapes are popular, children, and now that could possibly be a midget, a dwarf. That makes more sense. Animals are used. They're sold for, um, in some countries, they want a lot of the victims overweight, over 45. There's a lot of um, 
perversion in watching sex acts of someone elderly? Uh, in other they, countries? Yes, um, Japan actually is an import-export yeah. of that. They like the, they like the whole thing of, you know, granny punani, you know what I mean? Granny get down, there's something, grandma get down, some kind of stuff. They're really into that, you know. That is very strange. It's very... I you know, think they're using Japan yes. as a lab to make them yes. for, for perversion. You know? Yes. And, and if it's not a perversion, a sexual perversion, they use a lot of victims that have disabilities, blind, uh, ailment, lamed, and that's used as a sort of laughter and mocking, sort of a solicitous oh, mayhem. Uh, they also utilize a lot of victims, uh, marginalized and of color, in which they will stage it with, well, the victim is not only being raped and then nude, but the person over, is, it's like set up with a backdrop, here I go, birth of a nation. They'll put chains around the woman, and usually she's of color. Oh, my it's God. To give it sort of that slavery, you know, and one of them used yeah. that horrible 70s flick when they had all that black exploitation movies. I was a kid then, but I remember Mandingo, something like that, something really, really out there, disgusting. And there is a lot of viewers that are from these racist, subversive groups that will pay the money to watch this. Yeah. I think one is also called Ghetto Grabbers. Ghetto Grabbers is bad, too. It's a whole type of racializing defilement of, of African-American women. Horrible. Oh, that's, that's bad. Uh, that's um, Very bad. Yeah, it's, um, they're kind of uh, wallowing in their ignorance. Exactly. And, <laughs> and they will utilize women that are Asian or Asian-American, again, yeah, to make yeah. that racist. The world, if you guys ever saw yeah. that, the world is Susie Quantz, the horrible racist in the 60s, okay? That's before they even called Asian people Oriental. I'm telling you guys, if you don't say that word, okay? No, that's like calling me colored or Negro. We don't say that, okay? <laughs> so um, that's what it is, but we will bring it. Yes, why, uh, guess five is saying uh, the dark internet where pedophiles exchange their images and rapists, they know how. I believe they're supplying us to internet viewers as well. Yes, they are. All roads lead to money, and we're going to keep opening it up because I have a feeling I'm always suppressed. Do you feel that you are safe? They don't want, we could talk about anything. And targeted individual community, but when we start talking about what they do and how they get down, ooh, we've got issues now. Why is this so taboo? Makes me wonder. Well, I'll tell you one thing: we're a new new Jack style of targeted individual. It's not taboo to me and the callers because we want to know. And more importantly, I want all of you to end this call knowing something: it's not that taboo to our head chief commander, President Donald Trump. Because he's bringing out human trafficking. He's progressive. I know I am. Okay? I don't like being on the late train for nothing. Uh -uh. And what has always motivated society, one way or another, money. Okay? Now, I know they want us all scared or thinking all obsessed about pookie and boo-boo. Get on time with what, what it really always is. If this is human experimentation, it's peculiar that we have all these rackets over us. That's, that's peculiar to me, okay? 
Uh, guess five. It's so horrific, Lauren. Some people can't hear it. I know. I understand. Guess five. But I'm gonna tell you something. The truth. That don't stop it from happening, though. You know what? That is the truth. As my mama would say, you can you you can put your head like the ostrich in the sand, but that ain't gonna stop. What first? You know what I mean? What's what's happening is what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And you're right, Kessa, you can't hide from God. You can't hide from God. And those that follow and believe him, he tells them, remember, I'm speaking the truth. That's okay. We're going to talk about it. It's also a defilement on the dark web. It's sort of living all this filth, the Caligula will be. You know, um, if you've got the money and you trade with Bitcoin, you can buy a little bit of everything. And that, too, is creating um, in the web that all of us know that we look at. It's creating a rape, a rape type of culture. Look at our culture. You know what I mean? Uh, there are pigs operating like Weinstein, if that's true. But really, quite frankly, he was he was horrible now. But he was sacrificed, you guys. You guys know that they pushed out Harvey to cover up the bigger, terrible secret of I think it's pedophilia in Hollywood. It's something real bad that they had to give a big fish like Weinstein and have all these, you know, women talking how he treated them badly. But it's just um, horrible. Yes, guess five. It is Caligula. Yes, it is. It's Caligula. And I know it's so horrible and stuff to listen to, but, you know, um, unfortunately, that's not going to stop it. You know what I mean? And, and, and also, when you are human trafficked, their whole game is to shame us. And see, again, listen to me real carefully when I say this. I am in the nude, climbing up the rocks over a mountain. I'm jumping in the water. The water is a metaphor for truth. If I can climb some rocks but naked in front of the most high and say what I need to say, do you understand what I really think of this program, what I really think of these traffickers? If they're all this and that, why so covert? I will have my day and all of you will. We're going to see them run. Because these ro- cockroaches do not like truth. So we have to give them the opposite of what they don't like. You know what I'm saying? They want us shamed. We're not being shamed. Don't stay in your house. You know, all of you, you know, take care of yourself as best as possible. But try your best. We heard Faye tonight. I believe Faye, you kept uh, really reiterating it. Try not to be so isolated. Do you feel that? Do you feel you're getting out more in Gotham? Uh, yes, I am, but I uh, really need to, like we all do, we have to be rescued. Uh, you know, we're we're the ones with the answers. We have figured things out. Some of it, some of it has taken years to figure out. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, and we can save. It's it's over the nation now in the world. So actually, the targeted people who are isolated can save. Uh, we need to be saved by other people because. We are the ones who have the answers for them. Yes, so, we are. Yeah. Well, um, Faye, we're, we're getting a little late, and I know we could probably talk another spill, but I definitely want to thank you personally for coming on the show tonight and sharing. Um, we're going to pick it up with you very soon with a few more victims of trafficking talk about uh, the acts committed against us. These are horrific crimes. And as much as it is hard for all of us to share, 
it's hard for all of us to listen to. Uh, I can't anymore put my head in the sand like an ostrich. Because see, that, 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 that's not stopping this progress. I wish it did. But it's not, you guys. It's not. Uh, is there anything comments you'd like to um, add in, say, before we go? Yeah, this is the very last thing, and it's a very positive thing. Um, as I called and told you uh, last week, it's National Awareness for Human Trafficking, and I called that line because, uh, thank you, Lauren, because you had told me about it, because it was hard to find on the, so I had to search specifically for it. Then I called it because there was a toll-free line. When you're so isolated, you really don't think straight. And so I had not, um, this is one of the first times I'd really talked about it. I called the line and it's a 24. If other people want to uh, call, maybe we can talk about it on your next call. Because um, what I did was I just made sure not to mention anything about weapons or do uh, these things, even Sonic, because I wanted uh, the person on the line to believe me. And because trafficking is something where um, it's different from regular targeting. Uh, we yep. have a definite advantage. We could we could have our stories covered because trafficking is huge just on its own. Um, mm-hmm. So, we, yeah, so um, I just, uh, she believed me uh, because I kept that other stuff out because I had the names. I told her who was doing um you know, I told specifics, and she told me um, she she has a, a list of references, and because we're trafficked, there is a chance, and I mentioned an organization who I know in New York. She said, contact them because they're, they're organizations who will help you relocate because I was complaining, you know, they've held me hostage here. So we can actually get help from agencies in many of our cities, um, they will help people relocate. And as a matter of fact, I I know one woman who was targeted by PERP. She doesn't know, but she um, she was attacked. But then they relocated her to a new apartment. So they, uh-huh. you know, they can help us. You know, That's, I had never thought of that. You know what? we we got to mention that on the next show because all yeah. of us, if we can, because we already know that woman that um, had that RFID chip in her in Boston, and the yeah. ER has to open it up and find it. Okay, like yeah. I'm saying, you guys, I, I, yes, I know it's hard, but you know what? We're going to hear and see and do everything because it's going to prepare us to be what better warriors. To know we're not afraid of anything. We're turning the tables on these creeps. They want us shame based into silence. They want our podcast all controlled, talking about this and that with a PhD. And I'm not saying it's not good. It's just been done, done, and overdone is what I'm saying. Uh, Cleveland, do you have a question for the speaker, Faye? We're getting ready to close. Go ahead, Cleveland. Hello? Yes, hi, and good evening. Good evening. kind of listened but listened with another number. Um, I think the way that we can involve ourselves and 
and incorporate ourselves as individuals who are being harmed um, through human trafficking, which is a, a combination of all forms, from technology through individuals with crimes, sex crimes, and everything else, from human research to, to all other categories, is to assimilate ourselves, one, as just citizens of this country that are being harmed and not isolating ourselves as targeted individuals. Um, right, yeah. But, but focusing more on you are a citizen of this country and you are being harmed and you're being illegally harmed, which are crimes, and use those crimes to, to add to all of the other citizens who are being victimized, targeted, um, abused, the Me Too mu- uh, movement, the, all of these other movements that are now coming out, it's all the same thing as human trafficking. It's abuse. So um, it gives an opportunity right now to not isolate yourself as using something as TI or targeted individuals, and this is Darlene Miles speaking. Oh, hi, oh, oh, hi. At this late hour, and that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say, um, but we are more successful if we focus on the harms that are occurring to all citizens in all categories of abuse. When you try to isolate yourself in something that is foreign that people cannot understand because they've created this psychoanalytic category of individuals who are being abused by so many patents, it's ridiculous, that you focus on what, is now identified as abuse overall. If you just allow yourself to just slide right in with those groups, you'll get the help that you need. If you keep saying and talking about things that are so bizarre that have been written in manuals that are so bizarre that are probably written by foreign countries that have been adopted by individuals in our own country who are under mind control, because I can't believe when you look at a DOD directive, you know, or, or 5240.1-R, Procedure 13, that all U.S. persons and others can be used. That includes DOD employees and, and all these rare cancers that are now, you know, attacking even the senators who signed for nanotechnology, which is rare cancers, biological um, cancers or bio- biological viruses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you Google nanotechnology and the harms, they try to incorporate the harms with the benefits. But the, the harms create are created, so they create then the benefits to try to cure the harms, but they don't cure anything. So just assimilate yourself within a society without isolating yourself, then we will we'll get help. As long as we try to group ourselves outside in a category that 
that no one cares about because they think if I stay away from those people, then nothing will happen to me. But they're breathing the same thing, these 80,000 times viruses that are smaller than a strand of hair that is 80,000 times smaller than a strand of hair that is released in our air, that GPS, infrared, chemical and biological, the definitions, if you Google them, the patents that are out there, we all know that they're there, then just focus on the effects of our entire country. We just watch what just happened all around our entire coast. Rich, poor, black, or white, it didn't matter. They just burned out at least 50% of California. They flooded at least 50% to three-fourths of, 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 of Florida. They've now flooded the coast, the east coast. They've flooded at least what we'll call the west, southern west, from California to Houston. And these are people who are working class individuals. We're, it, it, everyone is a target. They don't care. Even our soldiers come home and they discard them like they're trash. And they're full of nanotechnology and their bodies are in pain, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, sciatica, et cetera, et cetera. And if you go out and do nanotechnology, which has been quietly brought forward with all of these devices and us guys, I looked up recently to find out about joint replacement. Who's doing a great percent? Asia. In the United States, and no one cares. Universities have drones to do joint replacement. Well, they're not doing remote joint replacement. They're damaging cartilage and knees and joints and whatever, and then you get joint replacement companies coming in and putting in new knees. Everybody in the entire world. Babies are being born with fibromyalgia. It's chronic pain. It's a nanovirus inserted into their bodies at birth. This is insane. So what we need to do is focus on what is happening to our country and what is happening to everyone, not just those who are knowledgeable. Yes, thank you, I'm a Christian, God, and Jesus, that we are knowledgeable of what is going on. But they did this on purpose so that they could then manipulate and create create all of the illusions of the craziness with their patents that we can't report to a police officer because you can't say, oh, my God, someone dug into my knee and ripped my knee while I was sleeping. How do you, how do you say that? You, you, you know, you just have to go to a doctor and say you fell down. And, boy, now I have a torn ACL. Really? When you know good and well it just occurred while you were sleeping. You can go online and look at those who are now using this technology remotely with nanotechnology, lasers, and whatever. Just use the word remote, patented, and add lasers. Remote, patented, and add the word uh, brain. And then you'll see what they're doing with voice to skull. And write down those fat numbers. These things are there. They're verifiable. You print it out. You have it. You have the number. You prove what is existing, but you still can't, like, call the police. Who do you call, DOD? Who do you call a senator who's already approved it? Look at John McCain. 
He was one of 75 senators who approved 30,000 more drones in our air, which is the UAV roadmap for now. It's uh, due to be completed, 30,000 additional nanotechnology weaponized drones by 2025. That's all with viruses that cause GPS, infrared, chemical, and biological. And all of those, if you go in and say diseases caused by nanoparticles, nanoparticles, that's what you search because eventually it won't be on the Internet because they're now talking about they're going to change your search capabilities on the Internet. You find it, print it out, find it, save it. But this is what they're doing to our entire country. And then you wonder who. Who? Because we know that mind control is a patent. And then we have people who have signed this stuff going back to the 80s. So it's about our country, not just about our, those that are knowledgeable. It's about our country and the survival of our country, if it is to survive. Because John McCain was one of 75 senators who signed Portman. Uh, Rubio were three. I remember those names because I admired all three of those individuals, but they all signed one as part of the 75 group in 2012. And people don't even realize that nanotechnology is what we're seeing when we're looking at these lights above our skies and these hovercrafts and drones in our neighborhoods hovering over our homes and what they're doing splicing these, uh, causing for joint replacement, um, doing the remote brain and, and, and cancer injections, and all of the other things that are happening. But now John McCain has less than one year to live. One person who was wealthy, who decided he would sign for this back in 2012, and they didn't care about him. And I respected him as a war as a war hero. And look at what they just did to him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. No. So I just wanted to make that one comment. Thank Please you. Please focus on our country. Please focus on not just ourselves, but everyone. Because Everything. everyone else is dealing with the same thing. You're walk you're watching people walking around. And everybody's getting knee. Re- don't even bother getting a replacement of a of a knee. You'd be lucky if they put the right one in your leg. But protect your body, protect your your organs, protect your knees, your heart, protect your breasts as women, protect your private parts. They will attack anything they can, and definitely protect your head when you're sleeping. That's all that I can say. And we at least be knowledgeable and do that at least for ourselves. And the other ones who don't know and don't care and think that we're crazy, be quietly crazy, but protect yourself. So that's well, my Darlene. comment for this evening. Thank you, Darlene. And I wanted to let you know everyone from the chat, and particularly guests five and four, Noble Truth, says, Lauren, please say hello to Darlene for me. It's good to hear her voice, and I hope she's doing well. Well, I'm not doing well because I sliced my ASL, my ACL while I was away from my home, so I did not have the things that I've had, which was actually steel pieces to protect my knees and to protect my shoulders when I sleep at night and to protect my head. And I didn't have anything with me, and it was 
an emergency trip, and they dug through my knee, sliced all the way around the side, and severed my ACL. But you can't say that, though. So I tell people to protect your body. Don't be naive. You can do it with something, you know, with the simplest of of items. I don't care if it's duct tape, tape, et cetera. You can put over or steel pieces or anything that you can find in your house that's a metal piece to protect your limbs. You don't want to have your tissues torn. I know a lot of these people are dealing with, we all are dealing with pain, chronic pain, but everybody in the world has fibro myalgia or sciatica, and, and, and you can protect that and stop the pain from that by just shielding those areas where the pain is directly from. And you can find anything you have that is adhesive or, or I don't want to say walking around with metal, but, and I don't want to be careful about what I say. I, well, I, I want to be careful about what I say on a phone because then they'll just turn around and do something else to enhance the, the damages. But um, you have to protect your body. That's that's all that I say. You have to protect your body. And hello to everyone else. I mean, I'm trying to survive through all that I've gone through. Um, I don't forget anyone. I still advocate for every one of us. I try to do it now on behalf of not just us, but on behalf of our country. Because I've realized it's greater than us if we can get them to pay attention to what is going on in our skies and that it affects everyone, then it also will help us. You can't just keep focusing on us because they think that if they stay away from us, then nothing else will happen to them. But now they're realizing it's happening to them too. So they listen to us. So that will be what will stop these actions in our lives because it truly is affecting every citizen in this country. Even babies are being born with fibromyalgia. That, that's nanosensors in their body. They're being born with chronic pain that cannot be stopped, and some doctors have no idea how to stop it. That's no, so no. sad and disrespectful. Hey. I mean, you know, I, hey. I can go on, but it's a delayed hour, and I realized how late it was, and I forgot about the call earlier, and I was doing some writings and some emails to people about nanotechnology and nanoparticles, and then I realized how late it was. So I just hope that the call was still going to at least come on board and say something. So I say to everyone, God bless you all. I have not stopped advocating. I just do what I can afford to do. Um you know, leaving that organization was hard as heck because it was left on my shoulders. And But I've not forgotten everyone. I've not forgotten everyone. Every person who wrote a petition, I've not forgotten everyone. I, and and the 18th, the 18th with this is tomorrow, is when Health and Human Services is to implement the, implement the law that they can no longer they can no longer use this technology illegally against us. That was that letter that I sent out back in and on the nineteenth of twenty seventeen if if those 
of you who had affidavits were familiar with it, that Health and Human Services or the Obama administration, I guess that's all that was left for us uh, on the night, inaugural night of, of President Trump, was that this letter was released in Health and Human Services, that um, all of this unethical and illegal um, experimentation on human beings would uh, be that those that are doing it would be charged with criminals, with criminal fines, et cetera, et cetera. There are a team of individuals, Lauren, you're one, Lorraine. Um, there, there's about 11 people that I can entrust, Ken Rhodes, um, uh, uh, God Almighty, Pastor, um, uh, David um, Brinsko, et cetera, et cetera, who all had a copy of the letter, and then I submitted it to a group of individuals, uh, everyone who had an affidavit, but I edited out my personal comments that was sent to Health and Human Services, to President Trump, to Air Force Research, because they're responsible for part of this research, um, and more. And so the 18th is tomorrow, and that's when that law is to be enacted where these crimes are to be elevated to a higher level of criminal criminal counts for what is being done based on health and human services. But now keep in mind, health and human services has been named in every one of these documents. And the DOD drone document to oversee victims in the DOD Directive 5240.1, experimentation on all human, um, on uh, on human uh, experimentation on all U.S. persons and others. Um, Health and Human Services is always overseeing it. So let's just see what happens because the 18th is tomorrow or today. Okay. It's 20 after 12. That's after 12. Yes, it is. So I just wanted to, I'm glad there's probably a couple people online and so they can share with others, but um, I don't care to have my name out there all over the Internet. I don't need that anymore. Uh, It only causes more harm, but keep the information to yourself. It's not like something that you want to be boasting about. I think we all should just quietly Watch and see what happens. If you want a copy of the letter, I'll make sure that Lauren gets another copy if she's lost it, and she can very well send the Health and Human Services letter out. I'll send it to her again, and she can send it out to anyone who wants it. So um, on that note, I'll just be quiet. So God bless you all. I've never stopped advocating for us and for our country for our soldiers as well, because they're coming home and they're coming home disabled. So, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you, darling. God, it's so nice. Don't be a stranger. Pop in occasionally. I'm on Wednesday and Saturday nights. I hope I do. I really do. Well, I I'll, I'll try to. You are always invited, never expected. How about that? Always invited. Well, thank never you. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Beautiful to hear from you. Okay. 
I know pressure. California, you have a comment uh, right now as well, California. Go ahead, Callie. Well, I just want to say what a blessing it is to have Darlene on. Um, this is the girl. And what a blessing. And, you know, I came in kind of at the tail end of, you know, getting to know her a little bit and um, and all the wonderful things she has done for the community. But um, I had just wanted to say, you know, before that, um, just that I, everything that your guest, Lauren, is saying, I mean, it just rings true to me. And, um, you know, I just hope that we eventually get somewhere. I mean, I know that I was told, I mean, I don't have any proof, but I have had people who have given me hints. And I've had someone tell me, uh, for example, when I, when they had destroyed, you know, when I was getting my divorce or whatever, they said, there's a bidding war going on for you. You may not know it, but there's a bidding war. They use the word bidding war. So I know that they put us on the internet, on the dark net, all kinds of, um, you know, God knows what. Um, so bidding wars, um, I, again, I don't have any proof, though. This is our problem. We, we need to get some solid proof. But um, I, do, I have heard that, and I believe it. I have also heard there's a site for us on there, uh, you know, through the grapevine. I have heard where they could have, like, naked pictures of us with our names and first and last names on it, too. So that's another one I've heard uh, recently. So um, there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, out there. You know, we, we just need to get some evidence. And, you know, these are real crimes. And, um, you know, they are, pers- and I think what your guest said was very relevant that, um, in, in a sense, we, we that have trafficked, especially sexual trafficking, we in a way, because of the, you know, the great um, exposure of it lately and the outcry against it, I think we have somewhat of an advantage that if we could get some solid proof that we might be able to get, you know, some, you know, something going criminally against it. And, and I like what Lauren has said in the past. I totally agree with you, Lauren. These are war crimes. These are Nazi war crimes. I, I, to- I, I just don't think it could have been said. Uh, better or more eloquently. I mean, there's just, uh, sadly to say, there's just no other way to describe it. That's exactly what they're doing to us, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's it's just Nazi war crimes. It's horrible. And you're right. I mean, I, I had heard, you know, what you said, something about, uh, I, I love the idea, you know, to put a bounty on their heads for the rest of their lives <clears throat> for what they have done to us and our lives. You know, it has been in a, a total hijack of human lives, you know, in every sense, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. I mean, they just attack us from sexually from every angle, you know, a human being can be attacked at. I mean, it's just disgusting, despicable, immoral, ungodly, unholy. I mean, you could just go on and on. So I'm just so glad that things are coming out more and more. I hope more and more women will get on and talk about it and not feel ashamed because it is not us doing it. It is them doing it. We shouldn't be, we should hold our heads high. Like my brother once told me, hold your head high. And um, funny he should say it because I have a feeling, you know, certain people I think know a lot what's going on. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, I, we, we need to hold our heads high and we need to stick together and, and um, you know, and uh, not give up. You know, so I, I look at it anyway. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm going to keep going up the rest. And uh, if I have as I mentioned to Faith, and I, to, I hope to have her back and uh, have a few more victims for a panel, because we're mm-hmm. going to now go in and explore the travesties and the sexual abuse that a lot of victims 
have to endure. We, I know no one's comfortable with this. I know some ears don't want to hear, but we just have to say it. The ears and eyes didn't want to hear during Nazi regime, but they still happen nonetheless. And the world only got a glimpse just as the, those camps were being liberated. But we, through other investigation, we can find out other atrocities that were going on, the same as what we're living in this community. And it was, you know, it's all coming out is what I can say. And you're right. I, I hope, really, I hope, Lisa, that most people start being a little bit brave. It's a, it's a new year for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. And I'm going to pray on that because I think that's it. We need to get our bravery together. And, you know, I mean, some of us are believers, and I'll just say it, you know, the, the scriptures do say, uh, you know, uh, we have the Lord. So what is there to fear? You know, so so that's with God behind us, you know, who, who can we fear? So whatever your spiritual belief is, you know, you have to stand behind that and and um, and be brave, like you said. Yes, I think it's you. time. I think it's time. It's a new year. You, and and I, all of you heard tonight with Faye's interview, for many, it was, Faye was it again, five to seven years, she just quietly listened on the call. Think about that, you guys. That's a long time to just listen. This is how this program has um, tries to control us with such fear. Just listen. Very sad. Yes. Thank you, Lily. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Cleveland. I just wanted to make just two quick comments, and and that's following her the ladies just her statement just now. Um, one, the use of of war technology on human beings it becomes a war crime, so there's no statute of limitation on lawsuits regarding that, um, and and there's still the opportunity to do so. Two, the sex crimes because they're using nanotechnology and, and one of the key components is GPS, they will shoot these sensors at your private areas, men, female, children, it doesn't matter, and then fly over and know exactly where they're going. So it, it, it's sad how you're tagged as a human being. No different than those that are dealing with fibromyalgia, or anything with the word rare in front of it, as in rare cancers, rare colon cancers, rare whatever, whatever. This is how they're tracking human beings. We know what they're doing to us. Why they decide to let us know, I would have no idea. I pray to God to ask for the answer. I, 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 and myself, I don't want to be a person to be designated as a leader or anything else. That's why it's kind of like, phase my way back into just working as an advocate and doing things quietly. But these, the, the use of these nanosensors or nanotechnology, knowing that they're, they're invisible viruses, they are affecting all of us, all of the citizens of this country. Those who we hear that are talking about hearing voices, you put the word remote in front of anything, remote brain, and then you also get then Voice to commu- voice communication to the brain, remote, and then you get remote high-powered lasers. No such thing as hot flashes. It's burning lasers. Remote, and then you get um, uh, a, a, what they just announced a week ago about using the brain um, to communicate with your home for security. 
So what an idiot who would allow you to use their brainwaves, remote brainwave communication, remote brainwave altering. All of this stuff is subtly just falling in and manipulating and and assimilating into society without society knowing. And it's sad. It's sad because it's not on television. So I, I just wanted to add that to it. If you do remote nano tech, nanoparticle damage, you will see all diseases that occur from the top of your head to the soles of your feet to every organ, your skin, your, your your bones, your heart, your brain, and everything else. And then they turn around and say, oh, then we also identify that these diseases exist. Well, damn, hell well, you will, because you're doing it by shooting these sensors into a person's home. And, and, and how do you say this? It, the documents are there. When you find them now, you save them, you print them out because they're also talking about changing what is available on the Internet. That was announced within a month ago. So, again, going back to the main thing that I said, the use of these weapons, which these are war weapons, makes all the crimes, there are no statute of limitation on filing any case against any of the abuses that any of us have dealt with. And uh, to deal with them, they're there. You know they're there. Your doctors know they're there. But you just allow them to designate them as whatever they want. Every person, ten, every tenth person has fibromyalgia and sciatica, chronic pain. Just in 2015, it was every 20, 25 out of 100. What is it? With 20. 25 out of a billion or a million people in the, in our country was dealing with it. Now it's like every 10th person. So what, soon it's going to be every person? Yes, it's going to be every person. So now it's children born with it. So um, keep those things in mind. Google what you find and save it externally. Print it out. These are documents that are going to be important. And even with your own medical records, you have an opportunity to get copies for free. That's the law. It's a federal law. So get those copies of those records. Be prepared to fight for your, your own life and, and know what is going on. None of us are crazy. We're not stupid. Um, and, and what we're dealing with is real. And, and, and the groups that know... What we know, we know. So um, that's my final comment for this night, for this evening. Lauren, thank you for letting me come in a second time to make a comment, um, but I'm going to sign off at this hour. Mm-hmm. But, you know, God bless all of you. Know that I'm still advocating. I'm still sending information. I mean, from you know, I sent a letter to President Trump, and that was like a risk because I don't think he cares about any of us, um, I you know, I, I don't think so. But it at least gave him information just as I did with Obama. It gave him information to protect his family, but not a lot changed for us. I mean, some things changed, but not a lot. A lot would have been that none of us would have been harmed. 
true. Because every name I sent, I sent as a member, as, as a person that was associated with being a knowledgeable victim of the crime, not putting any label with acronyms because I don't believe in that. So um, I believe something's going to change. It's going to have to change. They're going to come to people who are knowledgeable and they're going to pray, how did you live through it? How did you survive it? I, I, I go through the pain every day, all day. I have to protect every part of my body. Every hole that they put in, scalping me to 50 cent pieces of flesh removed from my body. I don't need to go through all that on this phone call because I don't know when you record your calls. But um, I do, I do. Actually. I, I go through hell. So just to let, just for that to know that I continue to advocate for all of us and um, those who I don't know consider yourself spoken for as well. But just be very careful. Police aren't those that can help us. FBI aren't those that can help us because they're the catalyst for what happens in our communities. Um, DOD is responsible because they're responsible for all the intelligence groups and everything that happens through research, but the Air Force, Navy, and whatever. Um, they're responsible, all these contractors that are doing what they're doing. The goal has been to quietly move through nanotechnology because now it's invisible. It's chips that are inserted that are, I'm telling you, that are invisible. You might see a, a look like a bug bite or a bruise, and it could be an impact. It could be an aneurysm. I mean, they can hit you so hard you die from an aneurysm, a heart attack. I mean, your joints can be attacked. You can be paralyzed. It's amazing what they're doing now with nanotechnology, and this is happening to everyone. So keep that in mind. Please read about it. Save the information. Look at the diagram of the human being and what is all being caused, every disease that there is, and understand that. Um, and, And that's the quiet. There's no more chipping. They don't have to chip you. They no, don't have to. So on that note, again, I'm sorry, Lauren, for taking up time at this hour of other people that probably want to talk, but um, I'll sign out, and thank you for letting me speak. And God bless you all. God bless this country because every citizen is going through it, and and some worse than what we know. So, you know, keep that in mind. And um, eventually somebody's going to step up and stop this. They're going to have to, or either everyone's going to be destroyed. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much, darling. All right, you're welcome. You can mute me and I'm hanging up. Well, Faye from Gotham, everyone, we're very blessed to have um, today's interview tonight, an Asian-American experience. And uh, I will keep you posted in the future that I want hope to bring Safe Gotham back with other victims of human trafficking so we can begin to open up the atrocities that a lot of victims um, are experiencing right now. 
trafficking is not a uh, easy issue to address, and I understand that. Uh, however, uh, the new year, and I will do my very best to continue to bring uh, truth to our community uh, and hopeful, hopeful in prayer that these war crimes, and that's what they are, war criminals, crimes against humanity are for once exposed. With that note, uh, say I hope you will come back soon. I really hope you would. And I want to let you know personally, um, it was an incredible uh, interview. I appreciate it so much. And, Thank uh, you very we, much, Lauren. I I I, uh, I really appreciate it. Fantastic, and I hope you come back soon. Especially again, Fay, I want to bring back a panel because when we're starting to explore, you know, the horrible acts placed against us, I, I think we need a panel for also a type of support to let it out. You know what I'm saying? And support yes. more better. I want to thank you again, and everyone tonight, I want to really thank you for dropping by and listening. Again, this Saturday, we're going to have uh, the members of Targeted Justice, Mitch Mathis Group. Some of them will come by and talk. And we're at, right now, you can get a heads up. What we're mainly going to center on is that Through the Looking Glass by QAnon, He's the talk of any alternative media. If you're in the in in the know all, everybody knows about QAnon by now. So it's through the looking glass. It's a map, and it it covers everybody and their mama. You'll find even Pookie and Boo Boo the Perp all the way at the bottom. With that, everyone, uh, I want to thank you again tonight for commencing, ending the call. And as the young folks put it, I'm dropping the mic, and we're going to coast on out always with a song. Be safe and be blessed. And hit back at me this Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.